0: you everyone, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of The Pod and the Pendulum. While we usually dive into the horror movies of yesteryear, this week we are looking back at what has been a phenomenal year for genre films with our top 10 horror films of 2022. I am not your host, Mike Snoonian. Uh, Mike is under the weather today and has asked me, Jessica Scott, to take over hosting duties for this episode. But Mike is here, and he is once again joined by some of our fantastic regular co-hosts. I'm very excited to hear their lists. I know there's going to be some overlap, but I can't wait to hear where we each differ because it's going to give me a slew of great titles to jump into. Up first, I will introduce myself using Mike's handy script. You've read my words on SlashFilm, Dread Central, and my personal film review site, We Who Walk Here. You've admired my cosplay creations, and thousands of you have sent me anonymous messages via the Not Gonna Lie app, some of which are pretty questionable in taste. Again, these are Mike's words, but he's not wrong. Once again, say hello to me, Jessica Scott. <laughs> Also joining us today, fresh off her appearance on our Phantasm episode, you've read her work in Rue Morgue, Dread Central, and Daily Grindhouse, and you've also heard her on the Losers Club podcast. Welcome back, Rachel Reeves.
1: Hey, Mike. I mean, Jessica. <laughs> How you I'm doing? So, I'm good. I'm so excited to be here to just dig into everybody's faves because there's so much this year. So I'm excited to see what everybody picked. Absolutely.
0: Also joining us today, um, he is the co-host of the Movies for Life podcast, and he's made his writing home at sites like Bloody Disgusting and Manor Vellum, among others. Hello again, Brian Kuyper.
2: Hi, nice to be back. Nice to talk to everybody. Looking forward to seeing what we all got uh, got excited about this year, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Finally, he is the regular host of The Pod and the Pendulum, who is trying his best to save his voice today. Hello to Mike Snootian.
3: Hello, hello. This feels weird. I'm not going to lie. Very. Feels, feels so weird. But uh, thank you so much for stepping to the plate, Jessica.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope was, I don't scare people off too much. Stick around. I think we're going to add viewers. Are you kidding me?
3: <laughs> I already know the reviewer that dinged us a star for like, someone sounds like they need a drink is like hating everything about my voice right now. So. <laughs> tough shit yeah I can
0: say. go easy on him he's sick right now yep. all right uh before we get into the list any thoughts on what sort of year it's been for horror overall
1: man this year is just stacked like it's astounding mm-hmm. like i know that i mean there's always a lot of releases but it really feels like this year a lot of things that were held back for one reason or another or mm-hmm were delayed for one reason or another just all finally got released and it's just this wave of incredible streaming content theatrical releases like television just so much horror stuff it's really been astounding cannot keep up could not keep up i don't
0: know about you guys but no and it's so much diversity it's not just like it's been a great year for slashers it's been you know, found footage, small indie movies, big tentpole franchise movies. It's been everything like I'm with mm-hmm. you. I can't keep up with everything. There's, you know, stop motion animation horror. You know, there's so much out there that I still need to catch up on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was going to say exactly, you know, the diversity of this year. I mean, who knows what is going to be remembered, you know, 10 years, 20 years down the line. But, you know, that's always the case. Right. Um, but there's just so much good stuff uh for kind of everybody, you know, if you're into, you know, so many, it just was a realization of, you know, there are so many subgenres, so many, um, different types of horror out there. Um, and you know, some of these, I, I took a pretty broad in my list personally, I took a pretty broad, uh, sort of definition of horror, I feel. And, you know, some of these, some people might say, well, that's not really horror, is it? Well, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It's up to you to decide, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was odd you put Avatar 2. I know. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a...
3: Um, it's been an awesome year for horror. Probably the best one since like 2017. Uh, in a lot of different ways. Like you've all said, like, I think the proliferation of like streaming services has allowed for some incredible titles to get like a much wider audience not just from shutter but we saw like hulu step Mm -hmm. up in a really big way this year uh in terms of offering like a new hellraiser and fresh and uh pray pray like Mm -hmm. so many good original titles um you know shutter obviously being like one of the stalwarts in terms of like it seems like whenever there's a movie on the festival circuit. I'm like, oh, I can't wait for Shudder to pick that up and I get to see it. Um, and hopefully it stays like that. But also, it felt like a year that like horror gained a lot of respectability and that people realize, or the industry realized, like, hey, aside from superhero movies, the only genre that's consistently profitable is horror movies. So why don't we actually release more of them and make more of them?
1: It's so and, funny that I feel like that happens like every, like, I don't know how often, I don't know how you guys feel about it. But it's like every five years or something. Mm-hmm. It's like that yeah. happens. And then the industry's yeah. like, oh, dang. Or like, you know, making triple its budget weird.
3: Well, I think in part uh, what it is is like so many other genres. Like, when's the last time we've had a tent pole comedy in a theater? Like, uh-huh. so many other genres have um, kind of suffered and not get in, in horror audiences will turn out. Like, if you give them something worth seeing, will turn out to the theater. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: And it's allowed for like a lot of like really big swings this year. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just a lot of of the tired, same old, same old. So I am excited. I'm going to pause now and save my voice because I'm excited to hear these lists. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so we do have a lot to get through tonight, and it's a top 10 list, which is self-explanatory. The one thing we're going to do, there will be a lot of overlap on these lists, so if there's an entry that we have that's further up on someone else's list, uh, we're not going to talk about it for too long so that we can discuss it when it gets up to that upper spot. And without going into any detail, do we want to list some honorable mentions that didn't quite make the cut? I think so. Yes. Yeah.
1: There was some that... I do have some that are on your guys' list, so Mm -hmm. um, I don't want this to sound like these are only my honorable mentions, but I just knew that we were going to talk about some that I really liked, so I just, yeah, I'll save those. But um, A Wounded Fawn, for me, Mm -hmm. which just got released and is on Shudder, is super fun. Sorry, not talking about (laughs) them in detail. Um, Smile, uh, I know we have mixed feelings on that, but I had a lot of fun with that in the theater. And let's see, Sissy... Um and fresh for me, and I'll yeah I'll save the rest.
0: Okay, um I'll go ahead. Um Piggy was a big one. Slashback, um M- the monsters. I am a big monsters apologist, and I'm going <laughs> on the record with that. Um also pray. I know it's on, on some of y'all's list. It didn't make mine, but I do want to say that I love it.
2: Yeah, I got a shout out Pearl and X. I loved both of those. Yeah, they're not on my list, but. I knew at, part of that reason is because I knew they'd be on someone else's. Just being real, <laughs> um, and uh, nope, Wounded Fawn as well. I also wanted to mention uh, something in the dirt, the Moorhead Benson film. It's not, it, it's it's more science fiction than horror to me, so that's why I didn't include it. But it would have been probably near the top if it had been, you know, just maybe a l- touch more horror than science fiction. Uh, great movie. I also had fun with Glorious, the one oh, about yeah. the, the you know, the, the what, the elder god in the uh, glory hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway.
3: Yeah, I'm going to say, um, for me, a wounded fawn is definitely on the honorable mention list. Uh, something in the dirt as well. Like you said, it's more science fiction, more of a conspiracy theory movie. Yeah. It really makes me wish I did shrooms. <laughs> um, I would love to get like just, I, I don't, and I really think maybe I should do that and rewatch it. Um, Mickey Keating's off season just barely missed the cut. I really love that movie. Uh, Black Phone, Pearl just missed my cut as well. Um, you know, other years, like those would all be like top 10 movies for me. It just really mm-hmm. speaks to how great of a year that it has been for the genre overall and then finally who invited them it's a horror comedy Mm -hmm. uh it's kind of watched that the same night as one of my movies on my list and it's like the comedic version of this movie um on shutter i would highly recommend it so yep that's where we're at
0: all right all right it is time to get to the lists without further ado let's start with each of our 10th ranked genre pictures of the year Uh, I will go ahead and start Um, hypochondriac. I have not seen a whole lot of people talking about this one, but I absolutely loved it. Um, It is about, um, I'm trying to think of a good way to describe it. Uh, A guy who keeps going to the doctor for help. He has a mentally ill mother that he has a lot of trauma with. um, And he keeps hearing, Oh, it's anxiety. Oh, you just need to get some rest. And it turns out it is not anxiety. Um, It's about, you know, getting mental health assistance. It's about being a queer person trying to navigate family trauma and mental health. It's scary and hilarious and really heartfelt. And the the guys involved are just fantastic. Um, I'm a huge fan of this one. So I really recommend
3: hypochondriac. It's a great pick. It has one of the best depictions of like calming down from a panic attack
4: Mm -hmm. that
3: I've seen on film as well. Like it's a, a lot of movies are doing like mental health and horror. Like they're making yeah. the connection. And I think this one does it in a way that um is very respectful of mental illness where others yeah. smile. Others are <laughs> not so much. Yeah. Exactly. I, like
1: I, I interviewed Zach Villa and Addison Hyman, the director of this when it played, I can't remember what festival, but I like, like I was like crying in the interview because mm. like, they're just the people behind it are so great. The film is so great. Just hearing them talk about the passion about this film and just, I don't know. I, yeah, this movie's incredible. This was on my, this is an honorable mention for me because I just love everything about this and the way it handled all sorts of thing and presents some big issues in ways that I haven't seen and handled in ways that I haven't seen before. So yeah, Yeah. big, big shout out to this film.
2: And I've got to be honest, this is actually the first I've heard of this movie. So I don't know how I missed it. It fell through the cracks for me, but um, definitely going to have to check that out. See, I, I love hearing that. that. Yeah, yeah. It just
3: speaks to like what a great year it's been. Like there's mm-hmm. so many movies that you're going to be like, don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. really excited to hear some of these.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. Rachel, how about you? All right, so
1: so while hypochondriac is you know a little indie film that's really sensitive, um, I'm going with Halloween Ends yeah. <laughs> on the very other end of the spectrum. Uh, Mike is like kicking me <laughs> off the pod, but you got. I just this is I just had so much fun with this, and it was wild, and I know it's stupid, and I'm not saying it's like the best film ever made you know loopholes and weird you know threads that don't necessarily make sense but i just i loved it and i loved the aftermath of it (laughs) i'm gonna say (laughs) like you know just the the shit show that was people talking about this like i love this i hate it you're Like, I don't know. It was just really, it was an event movie for me. Mm -hmm. And I just, I enjoyed it. And so this, I'm going to look fondly back on this and we'll just, just bask in my um, Halloween ends defender status. So there's that.
2: Well, you know, both my co-host and I, we talked about this one on our show on movies for life. And we (laughs) had, it was sort of a bonus episode. We just said, Let's just talk about this. It'll be fun. and we had a great time. We actually both like it. She likes it like way more than me. so Michelle, my co-host. Um, and but I had a good time with it. I'll admit. my son hated it could not stand it. It was like, you're no, raising no, a good kid, Brian is the, is the where's Michael situation? So it was just kind of fun for us to to have that disagree because. you know my son is i love seeing him sort of developing his own opinions too but i i liked this movie i liked that it took some big crazy swings and for a lot of people those swings did not land at all but i thought i had a good time with it i still i'm actually looking forward to watching it again uh so
1: i also think it's one of those things where like you go (sighs) and I hate when I go into a movie and I have like the hype is so big that when I go in, I'm like, oh, it was good. But like the hype had me thinking it was something else. This I went in after Halloween Kills with zero expectations. (laughs) And so I definitely think that helped.
3: (laughs) Don't love this movie. But (laughs) it is probably my favorite movie to talk about this year Ah. because it's a fascinating conversation. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. any movie that can inspire this much kind of like discourse has some merit to it. Yeah. And I'll say if you started the trilogy with the opening scene of this movie, mm. I think you have a much stronger trilogy. If you weave Corey in and out of it uh, and mm-hmm. kill Michael at the end of Halloween Kills, you have a much, mm. much stronger trilogy.
2: True. All right. Yeah. The fan edit. Yeah. It's,
3: it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get for Grace on this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brian, what's your pick?
2: Okay, so mine this was sort of a big studio release too, but it really slipped to the cracks. Um was Studio 666 uh starring the Foo Fighters, <laughs> which is I don't know, it's it's not a great movie. I'll I'll admit to that, but I had so much fun with this thing. I they moving to this house to record the foo fighters move into this house to record an album uh dave grohl gets possessed by a demon and becomes both obsessed with finishing this album and also killing and eating people uh it's i just found it to be wildly entertaining and funny and silly and I just had a great time with it. Um, It's actually, if my son was making his 10 list, this would probably be his favorite. (laughs) Um, I take back what I said. Yeah. It has has a lot of uh, sort of Evil Dead 2 kinds of uh, Sam Raimi qualities to it. And um, I had a good time with it. So.
0: I saw this one for the first time last night, actually. I was watching it for a different project. Um, I was writing about Jenna Ortega and her year in horror. And she's, Mm -hmm. you know, in this one, obviously.
4: Sure.
0: And I went in expecting nothing. And I was so pleasantly surprised. Like some of my favorite kills of the year are in this movie. It's so funny. I mean, it really does rest on how charismatic and affable Dave Grohl is. But he's just so Mm -hmm. likable to me that I'm -hmm. I'm down for it. And I had so much fun
2: with this movie. Well, I, I'll admit something. I am not a Foo Fighters fan. I'm not even sure I've heard a Foo Fighters song. I, I know everyone looks at me as <laughs> like you've never heard "Everlong." You, know, it's you like, have. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm not Good even enough. sure if I have. You're yeah. from the Pacific Northwest. Brian. I know. You've heard a Foo I Fighters know. Song. Okay, um, but it's just like um, it's it's just not. They're just not something I've listened to. I'm sure I probably actually like them, but um, uh, but. I, I still just had a great time with it. I thought it was, and like you said, the kills, some of the kills in this movie are just insane, batshit, hilarious, and gory as hell, too. Mm -hmm. So,
1: this is the best movie starring the Foo Fighters ever.
2: Okay, that's a very narrow high praise. High praise.
1: I thought it was fine. I watched it for another podcast um, earlier this year, and it was fine. Yeah, it's super fun. I yeah, Yeah. yeah, I had low expectations, and I do. It is pretty crazy. I don't know. Dave Grohl is one of those people that you're just like you have no right to be this talented in this many arenas. Like a musician, actor, writer. Like just you know looks I mean he's a good looking guy and like he just is. I don't know seems like a smart and he also seems like a genuinely nice guy so I don't know I can't I can't hate it so <laughs> that's
2: my... it <laughs> I don't have much more to say about it to be honest
3: <laughs> so my number 10 pick is resurrection uh starring Rebecca Hall and Tim Roth mm-hmm. and this movie floored me um Rebecca Hall is just amazing like in all honesty between this and the Nighthouse, like where horror needs to get more due, I think is when it comes to awards yeah. because if she should be, not, I mean, like I know people talked about Tony Collette for hereditary a few years ago, but my God, she is a tour de force in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it does a really good job of setting up this like really strong, well put together woman who has everything going for her. And she runs into an old abusive partner and, And everything falls apart in spectacular fashion and it's it's weird Mm -hmm. like the way he holds power over her is so weird and off-putting and i don't want to spoil it it's on shutter you're going to hear that phrase a lot this week uh this show um but and everyone looks at her and it's like why are you like they gas he gaslights her over and over but she can't really break this spell and you're hoping for this really empowering moment at the end of the movie where like it's going to resolve itself and things are going to move on and it kind of does that except it really doesn't and it just leaves you with this awful feeling in the pit of your stomach. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I watched this men and soft and quiet on the same weekend oh, so oh my god you know i would just say this is what a feminist looks like um, <laughs> Is but yeah resurrection is like her rebecca hall of this movie like she does it, this kind of like soliloquy at one point to like her intern where she talks about the worst thing she's ever done and it's like super gut-wrenching and terrifying and awkward and she deserves all the flowers for it like god mm-hmm. love her
0: yeah, I this is another one I caught really recently, and I'm actually crying right now just thinking about that monologue because this was a movie that mm-hmm. hit me really hard. Um, there are certain subjects that hit really close to home for me, and I kind of have to like. It took me several hours to watch it because I was like pausing to catch my yeah. breath, and then I'd come back to it, and then I'd pause again because it was just too much. But that that monologue in particular, if that is not sent to every Oscar voter, then I don't even know what we're yeah. doing here. Uh, but yeah, it's. <sighs> It seems like it would be really over the top, but it's not. Like, there's so much emotional truth in this. There's so much... Like, you know, I don't want to diminish anyone else's experience. There's so much literal truth in this. But, like, everything felt so authentic. And it's so visceral. Even when she's not being physical, you can feel it in her body. All this pain and abuse that she has carried with her for decades. And it's just... It's such a good performance. And I just... It's it's one of those movies that even if you didn't live that experience, if you know that story you feel it if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So yeah. I'm I'm getting an emotional again, so I'm going to let somebody else talk. <laughs> this is
1: that- one like I haven't seen yet and it's for these reasons like I'm like oh Rebecca Hall's in it and I like read just a snippet of the sino- you know like the synopsis of it and I'm like yeah I don't no if I can <laughs> I don't know if I'm up for that tonight and I just you know I just haven't gotten around to yep. it because there's just some movies and there I mean there's several actually that have come out this year I, that I've just like read about and I just like I can't I don't know if I'm in the headspace to watch these, but yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'll get around to it eventually because I think she's amazing.
3: And I'll just say, Tim Roth is so wonderfully greasy. Yes,
1: that's the mm. only
3: word I can really mm-hmm. describe him with mm. in this movie. Like he's just oily. He's a snake. <laughs> he's a snake oil salesman. He is really chewing some scenery here, mm-hmm. uh, but in a
2: subdued way. If that makes any sense. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely.
2: Yeah, that. What is it with great monologues this year? I mean, between <laughs> this and Pearl, yeah. You know, and basically, they're just held on these actors, you know, for mm-hmm. so long, and you just they just say it to the camera, you know. And obviously, they're saying it to another character, in the but in both cases, but yeah, that that's. I just watched this for the first time, and probably. Only time Um, because it's a tough movie. It's a tough movie and there's a lot I'm sort of processing about it. You know, if I had maybe watched a little bit earlier, it might have ended up on this list, you know, Mm -hmm. to be honest, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. because there's so much of it that takes digestion. I think Um, it's such a powerful film, though. Really great choice.
0: Yeah, well, th- that does it for our number 10 choices. <laughs> so moving along, uh, number nine, I, I'm just going to keep going in order. So I'll go first. Um, my number nine choice is Orphan First Kill. Uh, I tried to put some fun kind of bonkers movies on here, along with the the elevated horror. Um, so <laughs> uh, Orphan First Kill, um, I avoided Orphan, as I talked about on the Orphan episode of this show um, for a while because I got spoiled on it, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to catch up with it in time for the sequel. And I'm so glad I did because this one, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but it was such a huge surprise and such a worthy successor to the original. And just the the in-camera ways they trick your eye to make Esther look like she's still a small girl is just, I'm obsessed with, it's so simple, but I'm obsessed with the movie magic of it. And it's one of my one of the most fun movies i've seen this year so orphan first kill is my number 9
1: oh yeah this is this movie is wild this would be an honorable mention for me too it's just i like i don't know it's just so ballsy and i <laughs> loved it and i didn't see it coming mm-hmm. if you know you know <laughs> but i just yes amazing yeah. just so good and so funny and unexpected yes yeah to be definite honest.
3: honorable mention for me this one's a blast
2: I have not yet seen either Orphan films, so um, yep. yeah, I know, and I haven't, <laughs> I, I usually listen to every episode of this show, but I haven't listened to those, because don't, don't, I, I don't want to yeah, be don't spoiled. don't listen to I those wanna, shows first. I, wa- I want to watch those, because um, part of it is because Rachel said, Brian, you got to watch them.
0: <laughs> you have to. Yeah, so. Have you You're not been spoiled treat. on the original? No. <gasps> watch it after we like, finish recording. I was like, you are... I am like so
1: scared that something's gonna happen to you in the next like
0: two days until <laughs> me you watch too,
1: this. Me too. You <laughs> are a unicorn <laughs> in the world. How, how about this?
2: How about this? I'll watch it tomorrow. I'll watch yes. it tomorrow. So I, at I, least I, I'm out. I'm out for two weeks now. My school is over. So for okay. Two at least weeks, the like first that. one. Yeah, you yeah. have
0: yeah. to watch the first one. And Will then, do. Will yes. Do. Oh man, I'm so excited for you. I can't wait. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you're in for a treat. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, That's, you know, again, my co-host Michelle keeps saying the same thing. You got to see that movie, Brian. So take everybody Uh, up on that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Rachel. Okay. So my number nine is Crimes of the Future. I know that this could be, is it horror? Is it not? I'm going to say yes. I think even Cronenberg's involved. (laughs) Um, I think it counts as horror. I just, this was just so weird, and I loved it. The breakfast chair, like, I don't know how many Mm -hmm. times I've, like, talked about that in random conversations with people who don't know what I'm talking about, and that's fine. Um, I just, there's a lot to unpack there, but I just thought so much of it was just weird and out there and gross, and I just, yeah, I had a blast seeing this in the theater, and saw it with my it's a one of the rare films because my husband's not really into horror that much uh, he you know if it's the right thing he is uh but he he also really enjoyed this and i mean cronenberg just what an icon you know i just love the way his weird little mind works
2: <laughs> yeah this is uh actually in my honorable mentions as well um just off the list uh but what a weird movie i i And how visionary. And I think it's one of those movies where so often, you know, people see Cronenberg for the first time and go, ew, uh, you know, (laughs) but then they'll come back to it later at some point and say, wow, that's pretty brilliant. So I'm hoping that this one is one of those. I think it's got a lot that sort of links it back to, you know, sort of the Videodrome and Existence days. And um, I think Viggo Mortensen is it's exceptional in this movie um, And I don't understand it Whatever the hell's going on in it, I is you just kind of gotta let it <laughs> Soak in, you know And yeah. Um, yeah I mean, that's one of my problems I think with Cronenberg and David Lynch I spend so much time trying to figure out What they're trying to say You know, mm-hmm. what, what what is this about? You know, what puzzle am I supposed to solve? And it's like you're not supposed to solve a puzzle You're supposed to just React. You're supposed to feel what you feel uh, mm-hmm. based on the images and acting choices and the kinds of things that are coming from the screen and from the sound and uh, yeah, it's really interesting stuff. I, I i i bought this. I'm gonna revisit this one uh, for sure. So yeah, I keep meaning to watch it. I
3: have not gotten into it yet. So this will probably be over my winter break. I'll catch up. I feel Cronenberg gets a pass no matter what he does. <laughs> Mm-hmm. In terms of like horror, like he's kind of um, grandfathered it at this point. If he has a movie coming out, we'll call it a genre picture.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I still need to see this one. I need it's on my stack of for your consideration screeners. And mm. I wanted to see it when it came out. And I just didn't have the time. And I know, you know, I'm bad genre fan. But
2: yeah, well, it was a limited release. I was I felt lucky to be able to see it in a theater. I had to drive 45 minutes to see it.
1: Was it limited? Oh, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that. Yeah, I'm glad I caught it then.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is this and Pig I saw last year. I saw it at the same theater, you know, about 45 minutes from my house because the only place it was playing. So um, I guess mine movie's next. And it is higher on another list. So I'm just going to mention it right now and just, and we'll talk about it when it comes up later. And that is. Terrifier two, excellent! Right. <laughs> shocked the hell out of me that I liked it. You this want to movie. hold off on uh, talking about it a little bit? I'll just, I'll All just, right. I'll just say that it, you know, it, it, it absolutely shocked me that I ended up liking it because I hated, hated Terrifier. I hated even more All Hallows Eve. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, I was shocked that I liked this movie. Third time with the charm when it comes yeah. to art and fun. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but we can go, I can go into it more when it comes okay. up on the other list up Sure. So my number nine
3: movie is The Sadness from Rob Jabatz. I hope I'm saying that right. Jabaz. Uh, Rob Jabaz. This played the festival circuit last year. I got to intro it at Telluride Horror uh, and then catch it again as the closing movie. It is like just this bug nuts, super over the top, super gory pandemic movie. It's about a virus where if you're infected, you kind of become like the rage zombies from 28 days later, except you're aware of what you're doing. Hence the title, because they actually cry when they are committing these like insane acts of violence. Um, It's. All practical effects. It got some amazing gore in it. I'm usually not a gore hound, but this is so good. Um, I just find myself like giddily cheering for this one. There is like skull fucking in this movie, if that is your thing. Uh, (laughs) You know, for some people it is. We don't kink shame here. Um, (laughs) It has one of my favorite um, jump scares where like a body comes crashing down out of nowhere and like smashes into like a car or the pavement. Um, and again, it's another downer ending. Uh, it is another downer ending where you don't really see what happens, but you hear it. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's very sad. Um, if you're a fan of Dawn of the Dead, uh, either Romero's original or Zack Snyder's, I think you will like this one a lot. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I actually want to watch it again before the year lets out. because It's been a little while since I've seen it and it is also streaming Shudder. Yeah,
0: I, a lot of critics thought there this was like an empty exercise in gore but I disagree I thought it was basically saying that the virus is toxic masculinity like there's a lot of sexual violence sexualized mm-hmm. violence against women and I thought it was exploring some interesting things in that regard so I really enjoyed this one not necessarily into skull fucking but the gore is very good <laughs>
2: so I enjoyed
0: that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I haven't
1: seen it yet.
2: So I haven't I either. Uh, in fact, I was kind of said, "Yeah, it's, <laughs> you you might be okay, not, <laughs> but 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 <laughs> with what you're saying, though, um, what both of you are saying, it's one that I'm I've been curious about, and it's I just not for like, everyone. What headspace yes. do I need to be in yeah. to watch this movie? Kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm occasionally in the okay, I want to watch something fucked up tonight and if you are in that headspace, that is the movie for you.
1: All yeah, right. I feel like I only have so much like I I watch a lot of the movies like you know, at night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like sometimes it's like, yeah, I don't know if that's the last thing I need to like think about before totally like, okay. Good night. Have good dreams.
0: <laughs> totally valid. But- <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: all right moving on to number eight um my choice is nanny um which i think is now on hulu it played some festivals i saw it at sundance and Mm -hmm. just absolutely loved it um written and directed by nikiatu Jusu um, in her debut um starring anna diop who a a lot of people probably know from titans um but she is Mm. just fantastic in it it's um the Senegalese immigrant is working as a nanny for this couple um, who, you know, they're rich racist white people and it delves into like immigrant life in America. And it also has elements of like West African folklore and it deals with like loss and grief. Hmm. And it's just, it's really beautifully done and it's really interesting. And it's some, some, like I said, that folklore element, the like exploring the Senegalese aspect, I, we don't see enough of that in horror. And I thought it was really cool. And I just I'm really excited to see what she does next.
3: I have not heard of this one. Yep. Oh,
0: I'm excited. Yeah, I. You guys, I'm
1: loving your picks because I also have not heard of this, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah, this is great. I I, it's boring if we're all just picking the <laughs> yeah. same yeah. crap. So exactly. Like this is, I mean, like we're saying, great year. So many things. Like, this is awesome. Yeah, I look, got to check it out. Hulu. Nice.
0: Yes. Everybody, go watch Nanny. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I'll go with mine. And I'm sorry, you guys. This I am cheating because I had such a hard time. But uh, so I'm going to my number eight pick is Pearl and X. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about X because I know that that is higher on other people's lists. Um, but Pearl, I had a lot of fun with it. I think it's beautiful. Um, the story is just really fun and whimsical in its own way. And, you know, Mia Goth. I think she just really shines in this one. I mean, she's great in X as well. But this one, it's like, okay, this is her movie. <laughs> and I there's just so many incredible scenes. And I love it. And I cannot wait to see where it goes with the next one. I feel like the next one, like if it is on this trajectory, but if it is what I think it is, like an Angeline in LA kind of thing, like I am... That's gonna be it for me. So I'm gonna die happy. So um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But this movie's great.
0: Yeah, other than Barbie, like Maxine is my most yeah. anticipated movie, like that I know of right now. So <laughs> yeah,
2: you know it's funny. There's a, there's a lot of um, this discussion about you know are you an X person or a Pearl person? <laughs> it seems like you know there and um, X for me is sort of like the one I would sort of traditionally gravitate toward. I mean, it's, it's got a lot of great kills. It's got, you know, some interesting commentary. It's got, you know, a killer crocodile. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And all that. But for some reason, I feel like Pearl is the one that my mind just, I I sort of think about more. It's the one that Mm -hmm. sort of comes for, and I'm not even sure why that is. It just sort of, Something about it is, it's really evocative. And I, I I was just.
1: You um, like classic films though. Like you're a big, like, you know, you're a big universal monster.
2: Like you're a big, like, I I don't know, but. Well, I was watching that. I was like, oh my gosh, he remade The Wizard of Oz. I was (laughs) just, I, I just loved that element of it. And it's just like this really dark, twisted version of, of The Wizard of Oz and. Um I don't know I I it's one that I'm really interested in in just watching them all, you know, when all three are together, you know, and this is a set and watching them in you know various orders even, you know, just yeah. to see how they play together um I think it's it's just they're I mean both of them are just so good I I, I was, I, I, I was lucky, I felt lucky to be able to see these tiny movies on a huge screen, both of them, you know, seeing them in the theaters, um, essentially by myself, uh, because they weren't <laughs> packed theaters. I, I, Pearl actually had a few, it was funny because at the, I was, I knew there was going to be the little Maxine, tw- uh, teaser at the end of Pearl. So I was waiting around for that and a guy was leaving the theater and he said, Hey, that was even better than the first one. And I was kind of like, I wasn't sure at that time, but as I've gone on from there, I kind of feel like, you know, maybe I, I, but I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see when it's all kind of a whole thing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're both so good.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just caught Pearl over the weekend Mm. and it almost made the list. I wanted to see if this would make the list, and it came really close. Yeah. Um, Mia Goth is just incredible. Again, the monologue she gives at the yeah. end is so <laughs> heartbreaking and terrifying. It's this really wonderful riff on the Wizard of Oz. Uh, it, it really is like you can see all the parallels there. I love Ty West uh i'm really looking forward to maxine as well to see this trilogy i think he's just able to jump into different styles of filmmaking with such ease yeah uh, i've been on board with him since the roost i remember seeing that in a tight in a uh, repertoire theater in boston like before house of the devil was even out uh and just really like oh my god this guy is incredible so I think the reason it didn't make my list is it just takes a little bit too long for the genre stuff to get mm -hmm. going. It's a really good character study Mm -hmm. before that. And when she breaks bad, she really breaks bad. Um, I love the whole sequence of her coming out of the house and getting the axe. Like, it's Mm -hmm. so not afraid to take its time and just linger and -hmm. let it settle. And you, as a viewer, have to let it like, oh, this is what's going on. Like, it's just chef's kiss again any other year this would probably be a top five pick for me
2: okay yeah so my number eight is the black phone uh scott derrickson uh and again i know this is further up on another list so i'll just say i saw this twice in the theater with my son both times so actually studio 666 isn't his favorite this one is uh black phone (laughs) is um and i think um Particularly I think the Ethan Hawke performance Is just so Iconic in a way sort of instantly Iconic it's it's really Effective and uh, I know that there's a little bit of Backlash against this movie but I don't care I really do genuinely Enjoy it and um, Some of the criticisms I think are actually kind of the point Of the movie (laughs) so uh, So anyway But I'll say more About that when we
3: uh, my number eight is Speak No Evil, a Danish horror movie. It is one of the most uncomfortable movies I think I have ever watched. Hmm. It's about a family that meets up with another family they met on a uh, overseas holiday. They go and meet up with them at their home. And the family is now nothing like they were when they met up uh, when they were back on holiday. And it's really a movie about how social niceties and social norms will kill you like basically instead of listening to that red flag that's going like that alarm blaring in the back of your head you're like well it would look really bad if i were to just leave right now and we can't have that happen what will they say about us um and it just gets more and more uncomfortable the last 20 minutes of this movie. And even as I'm watching it, I'm like, there's no way they're going to go here. There's no way they're going to do this. Like it's all going to work out folks. Mild spoiler. <laughs> it doesn't work out. Uh, it has a line very similar to the stranger with the end. They're like, why are you doing this? And they're like, well, you let us. Um, so it is one of the most uncomfortable movies I have ever watched. I, uh, I kind of want to revisit it, but I don't know if I have the stomach for it. Um, and again, streaming on Shudder.
0: Yeah, I, I know a lot of people have this on their year-end list. I was not a huge fan. I do agree that it's very uncomfortable to watch. Um, I was not a huge fan. And a part of that is uh, when the director was uh, introducing it at Sundance, Um, he was talking about how he's not a horror fan and he's never done horror. And that kind of, I think, Mm -hmm. colored my perception because I was noticing the, okay, this is not someone who typically swims in horror waters. And I was picking up on things like that. And I also want to revisit it, um, because I'm like, am I just not responding to this as a neurodivergent person who is just frustrated Mm. with these characters Mm. for not acting how I would act? Uh, Mm. So part of that is a personal thing that I want (laughs) to interrogate. But I, the ending is just as bleak and uncomfortable and brutal as you say it is. So I, you know, fair warning to people who want to check it out, though. I would encourage you to check it out and, I'd be interested to know what other people think because I'm still wrestling with my own reaction to it.
3: I think that it's, you sometimes find that persons that don't necessarily love horror movies make fantastic horror movies when they dip their toes in the water. Mm -hmm. And I'll use Sam Raimi as an example. Like Sam Raimi wasn't necessarily a massive horror fan before The Evil Dead. Um, He was more like a loved comedy, but he did his research and was like, horror movies make money so we're gonna do a horror movie and he made one of the greatest ones of all time because he could look at it and and say and i think this is what speak to evil does he's like it's ridiculous that people act like this so we're gonna lean super far into it uh and just kind of pull back the curtain a bit so i can i get where that can crawl up someone's keister like, oh, how dare you not a horror movie fan say <laughs> it bothers me more when someone makes a, a horror movie and they try to tell the audience, well, it's not really a horror movie. Like really? that is what upsets yeah Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean,
2: Wes Craven had seen one horror movie before he made Last House on the Left. He had only <laughs> no. Night of the Living Dead was the only horror movie he would ever seen. So I haven't know.
1: I haven't seen this movie and I just it yeah. gives me anxiety just thinking about it like i've heard enough about I, the plot like just, like <laughs> i seen just it like i it makes my skin crawl i just like i as a person have a hard time with like confrontation and mm-hmm. i don't do well sometimes in social social situations because i have issues with like yeah anyways it's just the, the whole premise of this just makes me it puts me on edge.
0: So I yeah, I'll see it eventually. (laughs) But today is not that day. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, um, if you've seen the movie, you know, if you know, you know, and when you watch the movie, you'll know the moment. Um, But my parents have a, a legendary story about going to see the Amityville Horror with their best friends at the time. And when they go back, they're leaving the house. Obviously, everything is literally going to hell. They're leaving the house, but they go back for the dog. My dad's best friend, Jeff, was in the theater and yelled, oh, fuck the dog. And everybody in the theater (laughs) lost it. I had a fuck the dog moment with this movie. (laughs) So um, I think that was part of my frustration. And it kind of pulled me out of it because I just started thinking about my dad and Jeff. But. (laughs) that's so funny that how
1: dare funny. you sorry
0: that's, <laughs> that's a dog i know gi- right?
1: i'm like getting angry thinking about it. like that's a giant character defining moment for <laughs> in the
0: movie like anyways right but yeah i just uh, anyway uh number seven moving on from the fuck the dog moment um <laughs> uh mine is the innocence um which fuck is a- them kids moment <laughs> fuck them kids yes a norwegian horror movie it's got two of my favorite things it's got fuck them kids you know slash killer kids and it's got the, the acknowledgement that the adults in your life will not protect you that's one of my favorite things in a horror movie it's one of my favorite things about the original halloween when none of laurie's neighbors come to her rescue the adults in your life Cannot and or will not protect you, and um, it's about some kids who live in an apartment complex, and they discover that they have telepathic powers. Um, and being kids who like to pull wings off flies and other things, they start playing with those telepathic powers in less than altruistic ways. And it just the situation devolves from there, and we have kids fighting each other, kids, you know, running amok and. It's just I, re- I really like it as just a character study in what humans will do with unlimited power. But again, I also like exploring the ways that the world can't protect you and what you do as you grow up and you realize you gain all this power, but you might ne- not necessarily deserve it because yeah. you're a bad person. You know, I just I'm really fascinated with it. it's a really good movie.
1: This movie's rough. It's, I mean, it's brutal Mm -hmm. and, but, but really good. There's, I mean, speaking of animals, there's a few scenes in there that are very actually like, yes, you know, content warning, Mm -hmm. but I will say like, it is a really beautifully made film. These kids are incredible actors and I think it taught it like it's a very, yeah, it's very interesting the way it talks about childhood and kind of that the nature of, just exploring what it means to be you know a human and Mm -hmm. like okay i think this is bad but is it and what kind of person do i want to be and exploring that evil but in a really innocent way i don't know it's very interesting Mm -hmm. uh but um don't enter lightly that's all i'll say
0: yes Mm. exactly
3: yeah another movie i've not heard of and i love your list jessica because there's now at least Like two, maybe three movies where I'm like, yeah, I have
2: to go check these out. Yeah, Yeah. I've heard of this one, but I haven't seen it yet. I wasn't really sure what it was. Obviously, it shares a title with one of my favorite movies ever, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Innocence from 1961. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, it sounds like a very different kind of movie. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to checking this one out, though
0: awesome yay I, I feel like i've succeeded if i'm like yay you know go check out these movies that you've not heard of so yeah. yeah anyway rachel you are up next
1: so mine number seven is the new hellraiser um i wait i think i'm the only one this is not higher on anybody's list right no okay uh I know a lot of people did not like this, but this really worked for me. There was a lot of things about it that I really appreciated. I thought it was shot beautifully. I love when iconic, you know, reboots, requels, whatever you want to call them, um, take the franchises in new directions. And I really think that Bruckner and his whole team, I mean, they made the best of it. Really, honestly, I think that they paid tribute and homage to the original mythos and story but took it in a new direction that I think is really interesting and I know that it's getting a lot of flack because it's not sexy enough or kinky enough but I think they're addressing those same issues in a different way and you know like talking more about the addiction angle and you know take like how that that seductive quality of that and so i think that it's worth revisiting with that lens in mind maybe if you haven't but i thought the creature design for the new centibytes is incredible mm-hmm. i think ben lovett handled the music perfectly same way like using those themes those christopher young themes that are so iconic to the original movie but also you know making them his own i'm just impressed i don't know it's i think it's the most we can hope for i think when it comes to beloved properties um so yeah that's my opinion anyways
0: (laughs) yeah i liked this one i am not the biggest hellraiser fan like i am i don't have a huge loyalty to the original um Mm. i i don't connect to clive barker movies I just, I, I, I keep trying and I'm not going to stop trying until it happens, <laughs> but I don't know if it'll ever happen. So I enjoyed this. I didn't love it, but I, with I'm with you. I like how they explored the addiction angle, um, more deliberately, I think, um, which was smart. And I, I, again, the creature design is fantastic. Um, the new, um, pinhead is incredible that voice i specifically avoided all trailers and everything so i would not hear the voice until i watched it and it just blew me away um so yeah i thought it was a really interesting approach but i am not a hellraiser authority um so i i can't really speak to it from that angle so it was it was good for me but not my favorite pop probably fair
2: I've seen most of the Hellraisers, I haven't seen the last couple, the ones that don't have Doug back Bradley, uh, except for this one. And uh this is I, I thought this was like the third or fourth best of the Hellraisers, which I know to some people's like, "Well, that's not saying much." But um, you know, I, I think it I do really I was particularly drawn to like the design. I think um Jamie Clayton is uh just fantastic as the Hell Priest. Um and just the the way that you know the the robes are like their flesh flayed in yeah. different ways mm-hmm. and stuff was really unique and uh, the look the sound the voice was all really uh, well done I liked the different configurations of the box thing yeah. um, mm-hmm. there were some different things um, I, it did feel like they were kind of going in slasher territory a little bit which was a little odd to me for Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, where, you know, like, you know, they've solved this part of the configuration and this knife pops out of it, you know, and the blood. Somebody
1: told me I heard somebody else who is more of an authority, I guess, actually, Rebecca McKendry was talking about and she said, like. She was saying that that's actually part of like the graphic novel, like all of those okay. configurations and stuff. So it was drawing. So I, I don't actually the know. Configurations I, that, but... I,
2: I knew were, um, but, uh, like the, the, the sort of the, it, it felt like, you know, certain elements were kind of like, okay, let's turn the Cenobites into slashers um, yeah, a little bit. Um, but you know, that that's, that's me. I mean, I, I think it was an interesting movie. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I'm, I'm not. Don't regret that.
3: Yeah, I <laughs> caught it.
2: Uh, oh, <laughs> did I go away?
3: No. Oh, I was we, there yeah, was like, just a
2: long pause.
3: <laughs> you, it was just like, <laughs> yeah. I watched it. <laughs> I watched this movie on Hulu. <laughs> um, this was a movie
2: I saw. <laughs>
3: it's probably a top three Hellraiser. But. That's almost like being the tallest tree in the play in some regards. (laughs) And it sounds like and I don't mean to slag this movie. I do think like Bruckner shoots a beautiful movie. Some Mm -hmm. of the visuals are gorgeous. The settle bite design is gorgeous. I like that there are real consequences at the end of this movie Mm -hmm. that it doesn't just wrap up with a bow like the lead has to really suffer loss for her actions. Like there's a real consequence for what she's chosen to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like, it does kind of rip out a lot of what makes Hellraiser Hellraiser. So I don't necessarily like that part of it. Um, And I just, I did find like some of the characters pretty grating. So it was just kind of hard to spend a two hour journey with them. But it's a gorgeous movie. I would like to see Bruckner do more of these. Mm-hmm. I think it should have been a theatrical release.
1: Yeah. I don't know if it was ever intended to be. I'd be curious. Because I mean it is yeah. Disney, Hulu. I know it was really funny. I got the screener and it was like Disney's Hellraiser. And I was like, what?
3: <laughs> Which is amazing. Like, That's weird. Nerd, this is the world we down live down in, in now. Works, you know. <laughs> so yeah. if you're in Europe. And you have Disney Plus in Europe, like you're watching Hellraiser on Disney Plus. Wild. That's amazing. (laughs)
0: Nuts. My sister lives in France and has Disney Plus, so I'm going to have to tell her to be a little more careful if the kids are scrolling.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Does she live in France, the place where the naked lady stands? She does,
4: indeed.
2: (laughs) Right next door.
0: (laughs) Excellent.
3: I hear there's
2: a hole in the wall.
1: (laughs) Going back That's to glorious, glorious. We already talked about that. Oh, we already <laughs> talked about Glorious. There we go. All right.
0: I think Brian and Mike, you are both up.
2: We yeah. are both up because we got the same movie here at number seven. Three, two, one, say it. Deadstream. Deadstream. Yeah. Um, I love movies that hate social media. <laughs> um, so they They're just my jam, I guess uh i watched like three this year. I was like, I like this. Ingrid goes west and chef and then deadstream. uh this is sort of a dig- disgraced youtuber or something they never really specify what he did exactly or what he said, but it was certainly uh something that got him um quote unquote cancelled, I guess. and so this is so he agrees to stream from uh inside a haunted house in Utah. Right. And, um, and he's going to spin this wheel and, and do these sort of crazy things inside this house to conjure the spirits and get them riled up. And, um, I don't know. It's so funny. It's so bizarre. It is genuinely scary. It had me at turns jumping and laughing. Um, it's got a little bit of a Sam Raimi quality to it at times too. And I just, and I don't like found footage that much. It's it's just not really my bag, but uh, sorry, I've I've been watching uh, Austin Powers movies with my kids, (laughs) Um, but, but uh, I, I just had a blast with this movie. It's so much fun and it's, it's just terrific. And you're, you're, you're thinking, okay, there's so many things in this movie. It was like, that is the dumbest decision this person could make, but it makes sense because it's someone who's like a streamer, you know, and streamers Mm -hmm. do these kinds of stunts and, um, it's kind of the world we live in. It's it's, I find it, I've just found this so entertaining.
3: Yeah. I also like a movie that takes down like vloggers and streamers and Twitchers, uh, I find that whole culture insufferable. Yeah. Um, I absolutely hate that so many kids I work with who like eighth graders that read in a second grade level are like, I'll just be a YouTuber one day uh, and I'll be like famous and rich. And I just want to shake them and be like, "You, this is not going to happen. Um, right. I think. A hundred years from now, we're going to look back at the fall of man and say social media is what did it to us. Now, all that said, this movie's a fucking riot. <laughs> yeah. um, it is such a great companion piece to Evil Dead 2. Um the writer, direct co director, co-writer, and star Joseph Winter. He's really charming mm-hmm. in a way where you're like, I yeah. hate you, <laughs> but you're also super charming and I'm kind of rooting for you at the same time. It's and true. that's a really hard thing to pull off. Yeah. Um There is something about the effects of this movie that scream, we bought everything we needed at Spirit Halloween an hour before the (laughs) shoot, and we are not going to apologize for it for even a minute. It's something like wonderfully amateurish about it, and it's just got so much heart, and it's fun, and there are genuine scares in it. Um, Love, I absolutely love this movie, and it's again streaming like my first five picks are all streaming on shutter people (laughs) so
1: yeah this one was so funny it was like i saw it when it was playing some festival and like i like at first when i started watching i was like oh god uh oh like i'm gonna have to review this and like this is not for me and then the more it went along it totally won me over Like, he was so obnoxious at first, but I don't know how he did it. Like, he just, I don't know, you get totally won over by this character. And I thought it was just so funny and clever. And I thought that they just, he really nailed those, like, it wasn't just like, okay, we've done the research and I'm doing this impersonation. It was like, you could actually believe that he would be a successful YouTuber, and mm-hmm. yeah. the the comments that are like on the oh, screen the comments are the best. so, I so love that. funny and like feels very authentic, like things people would be saying. Like, I don't know. They just did such an incredible job at actually putting in the time where it mattered. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it does. Yeah, They you know, they didn't have the biggest budget and they did what they could and they made the most of what they could. But it's just They, they stepped up where it did matter. And I think that that's just so great. And it's been great to see them because they did that the last segment in VHS 99, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's also in that. And that's, Yeah. yeah, and that's equally as fun. And I just, yeah, I believe they are from Utah. So I don't know, it's cool to see. These two filmmakers, um, is it Joseph and Vanessa Winter? I think. Yeah, um, I believe so. Yeah, yeah it's just—I don't know—it's just really great to be like to see these two like new-ish. Yeah, I, know, I know they've probably been doing it a long time, but they're new to the, the world at large, and just see them like just killing it. And I can't wait to see what they
0: do next. Same, like I—I I enjoy horror comedy, but my biggest pet peeve is when it's just a comedy. And mm. sometimes there are horror trappings, but there are no actual scares. But like everybody yeah. has said, there are actual scares. Like I jumped and flailed my arm so much that I almost gave myself a black eye at one point because they're such a good <laughs> jump scare. And that is the highest praise for me, because I yeah. love a good jump scare more than anything. Mm. Um, but it's it's hilarious, but when you can scare me and make me laugh in the same movie, you're gonna win me over. And like he's yeah. his character is such a terrible person. But you, yeah, he makes you at least engaged enough to want to find out what happens to him you're not like actively rooting for him to die right from the beginning like but even though he's just a really awful person but i just they walk more than one tightrope in this movie and it's really fascinating and just so well done
1: and the fan who's like shows up uh, like halfway through, oh, yeah. like that was Brilliant. so funny. And I thought that she did an incredible job. Like, I, I don't know. I was, it was very surprising because mm-hmm. yeah. I really thought that I was not going to like it, like the first like 10 minutes and then <laughs> completely switched my mind by the end. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. When I saw it was found footage, I was like, oh, no. And, <laughs> yeah. then, and then, then, it, it. but it won me over pretty quick too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Number six. We have already gone into Resurrection pretty much in depth, uh, but Resurrection was my pick for number six. So um, we'll skip over me and head to Rachel.
1: Nice. Um, My number six, I believe, is further up so we don't have to go into it too much, but it was Scream. Which I can't believe came out this year. Like, it feels like, it feels like a ago. years ago. Like, what here we are talking about the new one next year, which is also wild. But yeah, yeah. I legitimately thought this was like five years ago, but
0: here we are. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that in a minute.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Brian, is yours taken, or can we talk about your pick? Uh,
2: looks like I think mine is farther up on. Is it not? No, it's not. For some reason, reason I thought it was farther up on someone. Yeah, okay. So my number six is Prey, the new Predator movie. Um, Also uh, on Hulu uh, as a release, uh, just like Hellraiser and, you know, along with Texas Chainsaw over on Netflix, uh, sort of another legacy sequel that, uh, you know, ended up on a streaming service. But for me, this was, this was the one to watch. This was the, my favorite one. Um, and this is just, I I just loved, you know, that, you know, it didn't need to latch on to anything that came before so much. It could build its own rules a little bit, um, while still fitting into the mythology of, the existing films. Uh, And I'm not the biggest predator fan. Mm. I I think that it's a fine series. I've seen the first one and I've seen predators. I haven't even seen all of them. I've never seen predator two. I've never seen um, the predator, the uh, (laughs) Shane black one, um, which is probably the reason why this one went to streaming and not to theaters. Um, But I've heard a good point, and this was from Elric Kane, he said this a few times on um, Colors of the Dark, I believe, that if this had gone to theaters, it would have been a flop, because people would have based it on their experience with the previous movie, which was not well received, as and as we know by now, I'm sure, but this was a, ended up being a huge hit on streaming, because it was so unexpected, I think, mm-hmm. that it would be as good as it is. And I, I think this is really for me. I like this probably as much as the original. I, I think Whoa. it's quite good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know them's fighting words.
1: That's <laughs> all right. It's but
2: all right. <laughs> I think I think where weird. they go with this is really um, fascinating. And um, you know, having a great, resourceful heroine uh, as your as your lead, um, uh, and having indigenous peoples. Um, You know, and then doing the dub in the in the in the original language, uh, which was is pretty cool, too. Um, So, yeah, I I was just really surprised and impressed by this movie. I I had a great time. I liked the design of the of the monster in this version, in this iteration, I thought was really clever and interesting. Um, So, yeah, had a good time with it.
0: Yeah, this was one of my honorable mentions. I I loved this movie. I've I'm a huge Amber Mid Thunder fan. She's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Legion. Um, she's so good on that. Uh, and I watched the Comanche version. I have not watched the English English language version. Um, I would like to watch both of them kind of back to back. To sure, just just because I think that's cool, and I'm really glad they offered that option. Um, but yeah, I've only seen Predator. And now prey. Those are the only two movies in this franchise I've seen.
2: Um, I... I. would say that's all you need to see. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Alien the, the, versus the, Predator is pretty fun. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of an apologist for Predators. I th- with a, with Adrian Brody. I thought that was kind of. I funny. agree as well. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 The Predator series is a lot more fun than people give it credit for. I think it's. Um, the problem that it has, it's much like Halloween. The first movie is so good that it's really hard for anything to live up to it after that. Because the first Predator is like the perfect action movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, Brian you, and Jess, you said everything perfectly about this movie. So the only thing I'll say is I saw the tweet earlier this week of Carl Weathers talking about his workout regime regimen for Predator and how we, like there's no Cuban growth hormone, no steroids, it was just like pure protein <laughs> and working out and that dude was just mm-hmm. fucking jacked. Um this is the second best movie in the Predator series. I can see why some would prefer it, especially like a Gen Z crowd where it might speak to them a bit more, but it's a really good pairing with the first Predator. I think it yeah. does it's a much different movie, but it like holds up that legacy really well uh, in ways that like a lot of the later movies really don't.
1: I'll also say like, I like similar to why I liked Hellraiser too. I liked what it does with the mythos that's already previously built. I think it was really smart the what they did and that idea of just putting Predator, you know, wherever in a different time, I think is really like refreshing Mm -hmm. and a different place and how that Yeah, how that creature and that culture interplays with a different, you know, culture than we've seen previously in this franchise. And um, also that dog was a shelter dog that they adopted for the movie. And now it's just so cute. (laughs) And now it's just this famous dog. I don't know. I just I can't. I mean, of course, I can't help but love stories like that. Um, Yeah, this is an honorable mention for me, too. I think this was great. And it's in the snow. Predator in the snow at points, right? There's snow, right? I watched it a long time ago. (laughs) 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 That's okay. I have too. So I
3: I don't remember snow. (laughs) Am I making that up? For some reason, I thought there was snow. Maybe it's just
1: like smoke or something.
3: (laughs) There's a lot of that, and they're in the mountains. So I mean, they're in like a really scenic vista. So.
1: Oh, it, whatever! The scenery so is beautiful, and I loved seeing the predator with these different, you know, less technologically Ouch. advanced um, cultures. You know, yeah. in different like yeah. technology-wise and weapons-wise. Uh, yep. Like I think, and I also
2: like that the predators' uh, weapons were not as advanced as they are in later movies. You know, yeah. or in earlier different. movies you know what I mean. Um, I I liked that, you know, it it was actually firing projectiles instead of lasers, for example. And I -hmm. I thought that was, that was a cool kind of element that that was part of this, that, you know, it shows that, you know, these creatures are evolving as well as uh, in, in their, um, in their, you know, weaponry and et cetera, et cetera, uh, as well as human beings. So I thought that was, that was cool.
3: Brian, you had this as well earlier on your list, uh, Terrifier two, and I'm in the same boat. Like I don't like All Hallows Eve. I didn't like Terrifier. I went back and rewatched it after seeing this, and I'm like, maybe I was wrong. And no, I still don't like it. I am <laughs> shocked, shocked by how much fun I had watching Terrifier two. Um, it has one of the, a kill that is so nasty and ridiculous that so ridiculous. you have to laugh. Yeah, You just have to because it's so – and I just love that it basically pulls you out of it and you think it's over and then like 20 seconds later it cuts back to it again and it's still going on and it's even worse. And it's just like, nope, we're still doing this right now. Like, I started to laugh my ass off during that. And I feel really bad for the woman next to me who was on a date because (laughs) she was not amused by my laughter. Um, But it's got a great story to it as well. Like it tries to build on the mythos a little bit. I think that um, David Howard Thornton is Art the Clown is Mm -hmm. going to be as synonymous with this character uh, potentially is like Robert England is with Freddy Krueger to the point where you, yeah. and I'm not saying he'll be as iconic or as big, but you cannot picture anyone else playing this role. The physical acting he's doing and the facial acting he's doing is just incredible, especially in the um, scene at the Halloween shop uh, where <laughs> oh, it just man. is yeah. funny. Um, and look, whoever needs like lauren lavera whoever said like this is going to be your costume like you're basically going to dress like Xena warrior princess Mm -hmm. whoever decided like that was going to be her costume needs a huge raise (laughs) (laughs) they need like whatever they want for christmas like she and i'm usually not like oh my god she's so hot but Good fucking god! Like this woman is ridiculously beautiful, and probably the only way I'm going to watch a two and a half hour slasher movie is yeah. just loved her in this, and she's really good at it. And I love the relationship with her and a younger brother. I love the mother in this movie mm-hmm. who you think is like, oh my god, she's terrible until she's not um, mashed potatoes. And oh my god, the trick or treat scene! Oh, when they're using that body part as a candy dish in one of the girls is like why is it sticky again i just lost it in the theater um and this is not even to say what a great feel-good story yeah. Just like this little movie that comes out of nowhere, isn't even supposed to oh, get a okay. release. okay. The story
1: of the movie. I, thought, I, was like, I haven't seen it, so I was like, yeah. wait, is it yeah. a feel-good story? Yeah. <laughs> that took me by
0: surprise, too. Yeah,
3: yeah. like how this movie kind of came out of nowhere and found an audience, and it shows again, like if you give horror audiences what they want, which is sometimes questionable what we want, <laughs> um, we will turn out and support you in huge ways.
2: The fact that this movie, you know, was made on what, how much was it? 250000 500000 Something like that, yeah. And yeah. made over $10 million in theaters is, yeah. is really something. And, you know, I mean, I sort of shout out to my home team, you know, with Bloody Disgusting being one of the major backers of this movie. It was just sort of like, uh, took them by as much surprise as anybody you know i saw brad bisca and john squires were like what it's also like really
1: funny because you think like you know brad and like because he's pretty involved in the vhs series right Right. and then like he's doing good um but it's just you you think i always think about like with so much content like what is actually going to be like remembered and memorable like 10 years from now 20 years from now what are going to be the classics because i think a lot of stuff is just going to kind of you know and that's sure. fine like shuffle sure, down and happens. just be beca- yeah. yeah but it's just the fact i mean this might be one of those films and you think about like iconic new like franchises and villains like Good job, guys. Like, shout out to you because you know we're going to get more terrifiers after this, right? Yeah. And I just – it's very impressive. And I haven't even seen it. I did not like the first one at all. Not for me. But the way everybody keeps talking about the second one, I feel like I got to check it out. Well, <laughs> so I, I think, think
3: you will of, like it. Yeah, I, I think, think this screams, Rachel.
2: A big oh. piece of this is, is that, you know, the, the first one is just I, – I, the first one just felt so misogynistic to me yeah. it's just yeah, like just gross, it's and mean gross and I don't know. Uh, whereas this one has a really powerful female lead who's so good and um so effective and then there's also sort of like the female sort of specter villain which is yeah. weird and yep. interesting and it's like then they don't really explain what's going on there. And, and it's really fascinating. Hmm. Um, and you know, for, for me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of into religious horror and I could, you know, because of my upbringing, I could see all of these sort of strange and surprising sort of, sort of, um, links to like biblical references and stuff that most people probably didn't even notice. Or think about and i was like wow this really has something going on here that the first one just did not at all all right so yeah i found it fascinating and just really compelling i mean two and a half hours i don't know if it needs to be two and a half hours but it doesn't feel two and a half no no it's not it's not bad at all yeah all right yeah, Brian. It needs to be six hours
0: <laughs> Do you have an article coming out On the religious references that other people Didn't catch in that movie because I would read the hell out of that I haven't seen the movie yet I plan well, to but
2: Well here's the thing I, I, ha- I, It's one of those Whenever I write an article like that I, I need to Watch it just to And I don't have screen box. I don't have a Blu-ray of it. So I'm mm. kind of like, you know, maybe uh, it's, that might be something worth, Hey, you might've given me something to pitch to, to rock there. But yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm or to John, John would probably be like, yeah, I'll prove the hell. out. I of don't me. think
3: anyone, a <laughs> bloody disgusting is going to turn down more terrifying. <laughs>
2: this <Right. her. laughs> is like, I need a new Apple watch. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would just, I, I would uh, be, um, interesting. It would. Be, I find. I think it would be interesting to to um, to explore that further. You know, personally. I mean, because I was having seen it once, I was just like, "Did I really see that?" You know, mm-hmm. is how I felt about it. But yeah,
0: gotcha. All so right.
2: yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that, do Jessica, it. just for you. Yeah, Thank
0: you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good yeah. looking out. Yeah. All right. Number That's five is. Uh, a bit of a wild card i think some of us have choices that we'll be discussing later on um my number five pick is x which is much higher up on someone else's list so we will hold off on that for now um rachel to you yeah so my number
1: five sorry <laughs> I forgot where we we're at uh is black phone um and i i know this has been get. it's so funny i some people really didn't like this but i this was for me yeah. i loved it i loved so much about this i loved the look of it i loved the era that it was in i loved the kids i loved how simple the story was i feel like a lot of people had a problem with that almost mm-hmm. um just that like you know there is no like this isn't a complete story. This isn't a complete movie or whatever. Some of the kind of more supernatural aspects. But I really liked it. Ethan Hawke is great. I loved how simple it really was and sweet. I loved seeing um, the young actress from Psycho Gorman. Seeing oh, yeah. her in yeah. a slightly more toned down role. <laughs> uh, but I think she's just great. And it's funny, like the the lead, the young, the young man... Lead actor, I guess, like blew up with younger audiences and he got like incredibly popular on social media, like because he has a ton of fans. It's very funny. But I also, that, and I love Scott Derrickson. That won't go so.
3: horribly wrong and will be completely healthy, I'm sure.
1: Well, I don't think it, you know, he didn't, it wasn't his doing really. I think just a lot right. of young, young people are like, he's so cute. Um, I love Scott Derrickson. I am a big fan of his, pretty much anything he does. I feel like I just really like his his vibe i don't know and the music mark corvin's music is great so yes this was i liked this a lot i've seen it like three times (laughs) i like it every time so i don't know i don't know why but
0: big fan i enjoyed this one too like i i'm mainly for ethan hawk i think but it's also child performances can be hit or miss because if someone is Mm -hmm. too precocious it's annoying but mm-hmm. i i think the the kids walk the line really well here they're really talented and seem like really sweet kids um and like i i like i, I kind of like seeing kids geek out over success like they're just generally excited mm-hmm. to be in a big movie and they just yeah. can't believe how like nice people are being which i love um and i hope that they continue to have people just be nice to them and not be mean to them on social media <laughs> Um, but yeah like but the grabber is just like there's something i'm not saying he's going to go down in horror history as one of the great villains but there's something so simple and iconic about him about that mask and about ethan Hawke's physical movements when he's you know doing the smile and or you know this face and i just there's something about his physical performance that really stuck with me that i really loved like even if i didn't like Anything that was going on around him, which I did, but I just, just for his performance alone, I would have enjoyed it and his voice and his, his gestures. I just thought it was really brilliant. Um as just a horror villain is like an, like an iconic performance.
2: Even just the way he sits in that chair. Yeah you know up in the kitchen it's just his legs sort of spread out the way they are and he just Uh it's it's so physical and it's so much the kind of thought that went into that performance i i feel is really strong Mm -hmm. one of the criticisms i saw for this was it's deus ex machina the movie and i'm like that's kind of the point of the movie though isn't it Mm -hmm. that that you've got that's baked into it yeah you've got this supernatural you have something that it's not just random that it that there's purpose i think and and that goes in a lot into scott derrickson's stuff i mean because he is a religious person and he does uh he does believe in a higher power and so you see some of those um kinds of things baked into his films and into his stories and i think that um and I, I just love the way it all—you know—all of these things that look like failures sort of add up to being something successful. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think that's that's just sort of this cool thing about the movie, and it ends up it ends up being hopeful and fun, and um, you know, genuinely scary. And uh, I like uh, James Ransone as the brother. I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, it's just it's just got um a lot going for it and i i had a great time um uh, both times i saw this in the theater and i actually think i liked it better the second time than the first it, it's really um it's really got a lot going on and i and then I didn't even mention you know like the the parental relationship the very complicated parental relationship <laughs> with jeremy davis davies character in there um yeah. which i know really bothered people too yeah mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I get that. I get that. Because, I mean, uh, it, but it's, a, it's sort of a, you know, again, it feels like there's more there than, we're, than we yeah. learn. But um, it's, it's just kind of a fascinating element of it, too. Anyway, a lot going on. Yeah.
3: I wanted to touch on that as well with the parental relationship. Because at the end of the movie, the children are returned, but they're not safe. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still with a very troubled parental figure who's obviously suffered like a grievous loss. So it's very Mm -hmm. interesting because you're like, okay, you're back, but how safe are you at this point? Like you're out of the hands of one monster, but you're in the hands of another monster. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
3: I think the performances are all great. I'm pretty much on board with everything that Derrickson and Cargill have done together. You know, I'm on the record. Like Sinister is one of the best movies of the past decade. I love that movie. Mm Um, This is like a really good adaptation of like Joe Hill's source material. I think it's very creepy. And like you said, Rachel and Brian, how they build on failure. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Like they make, they uh, they make mistakes. Like uh, Finney makes mistakes. Finney's not getting it right. But every time he makes a mistake, he builds on that. He learns from it. He adapts. And I think that's a really powerful lesson for kids um, I think mm-hmm. we are very afraid of letting children fail. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we need to be there when they do to support them. Right. But it's failure is okay.
4: Mm-hmm. As long
3: as you learn from it and don't give up. Um, and it's genuine, like the mask is genuinely cre- creepy. Yeah. I think like uh, Eddie Ransone as the brother is pretty awesome as well. Like I <laughs> love seeing him turn up and I just love that he's right. <sighs> Uh, I just (laughs) love the up. It's so funny, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Conspiracy theory, and it's a genuinely disturbing, chilling movie. I didn't quite see the gay coding of the grabber. I know that was one Mm. of the arguments against Mm. this movie. I was maybe blind to that. I don't want to dismiss anybody who saw that, especially right now when LGBT persons under are under such attack by right-wing forces so far be it for me to dismiss that i personally didn't see or hear that uh, but you know i am don't want to dismiss anyone's critique of that in any way shape yeah. or form yeah.
1: i do want to I, shout I also, out oh, i'm sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i just love the attention to to the the side characters i mean something i love about this movie is like i mean it makes me cry like every time just like these kids you know like how much It's like, we don't get to know these kids who, you know, the grabber kills. We don't get to know them for long. But like, I think that Derrickson did a really good job of making you care that these young men like lost their lives and like really feel the weight of their loss that they weren't just like. Oh, yeah, he mm. killed these guys, you know, like you actually get to know them a little bit. And like the tragedy of that loss and like the, the Robin guy who's like teaching him how to fight and stuff like, mm. oh, my gosh, I just it, it's I, I just that's a, that's something I don't know that every director or writer would have given them that space and that time and that attention. And I just really respect that. And I
0: think it makes it a stronger film. Agreed. And yeah, going back to the queer coding, I did not pick up on that when I watched it, but I wanted to shout out uh, BJ Colangelo wrote a really good piece for Slash Film. um, uh, The Grabber, Gay Face, and the Danger of Conflating the Two in the Black Phone. Like I, if anybody wants to go check that out, I think it's really worth a read because I thought that was a really strong piece. All right, um, Brian, it is your turn.
2: Yeah, mine's higher up on someone else's, uh, so I'll just mention uh, that my number five is Phil Tippett's uh, how, 20 Years in the Making film, uh, Mad God, which I have no idea what's going on, but wow, is it amazing. <laughs> All
0: right, Mike. Nope. <laughs> that is his movie and his answer. since
3: it's higher up on the list we'll just move on
0: all right uh moving on to number four let me see i'm double checking all right i'm the one to discuss nope this is my number four pick as opposed to mike's number five pick um i am you know a jordan peele fangirl i will admit to that i i love loved all of his horror films um i love his work but nope (laughs) I think Us is my favorite of his movies, but Nope feels the most epic in terms of examining what Hollywood does to people, what Hollywood does to black people in particular. Um, There is so much going on in this film it's a beautifully shot film the technical achievement it is amazing the performances are amazing like Daniel Kaluuya can do no wrong in my eyes but he's so good in this Kiki Palmer is amazing in this um the Chris Catan monologue might be my favorite of the year um (laughs) I think it gets overlooked in the conversation about great horror monologues of 2022 um I just it's Probably the Jordan Peele film I will revisit the most because I feel like there will be so much more to discover every time I watch it. It is just just a gorgeously shot, gorgeously performed film with a lot of um, really interesting ideas about what the Hollywood machine does to people.
3: I mean, it's a movie where the monster is a giant camera that literally vacuums its victims into (laughs) it, grinds them up and then spits out the sludge, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and it's a powerful and people that miss that. I don't understand how you can go ahead and miss that. Um, I love that. Jordan Peele is the brand Brandon of himself like mm-hmm. he's kind of like Marvel where it's like oh there's a new Jordan Peele movie I'm in I don't need anything else I'm just going to it it would have been really easy after get out for him to be I'm sure he got offers from everybody he could have just been like sure I'll do a Marvel movie and cash out but he is creating these really rich incredibly deep nuanced stories he's working with like his own troupe of performers. I think Kiki Palmer is so incredible mm-hmm. in this oh, movie. Oh, she's fantastic. Just so energetic and really the glue that holds it together. Mm-hmm. And kind of like his Daniel Kaluuya is, is fantastic, but it's such a reserved performance that you need Palmer's energy to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is I love that like you feel that Stephen Ewan is going to be this major character in it and they tell his story and then he just vanishes and you're like nope that's it he's done and i watched this right around the time we did misery for my other show and there's a line at the end of misery where james conn looks at his agent who's telling him to write a book about his experience with annie wilkes it's like sounds like you want me to like write a book about the worst thing that's ever happened to me in order to uh make a buck And that's exactly what Steven Yen's character is doing in this movie. Like he's taking the worst thing that has ever happened to him. And he is so disassociated from it that he's like, Oh yeah. It's like, you know, that's, he can't even talk about it in how he experienced it. He has to talk about it in terms of like how he saw it in the media on Saturday night live Mm -hmm. played as a joke. Mm -hmm. And he's built this shrine to that experience. And he lets people stay there for money it's just incredible it's like a really a side trip in the movie that talks about some of the very fucked up ways we deal with trauma in our lives that aren't always very healthy so i think i'll be revisiting this movie a lot and again like peel is three for three like he's just Mm -hmm. if he never never made a movie again you would have to talk about him among the greats. I'm not going to say, oh, he's the greatest of all time. He still still needs a carpenter-esque run and a craven-esque run, but you'd have to have a discussion of like the modern masters. He has to be in there.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And I love the way that like, there are layers of commoditization and this appetite. Like he is consuming his trauma in a way that he's removed from it for safety but other people are devouring him just like Je- jean jacket is you know the yep. the people who are having sex in the shrine to his childhood trauma like you can't tell me they're not eating him alive just like the monster from yep. spaces i'm just i'm fascinated with all the different layers of the way that capitalism and entertainment the way that we consume other people's stories and how we don't we and you know we use the word consume all the time but we don't think about the implications of that where we're you know chewing up other people and spitting them out for our own, our own amusement I'm just I'm fascinated with all the layers that he achieves in the movie yeah yeah
1: yeah I've I've only seen this once I saw it in the theater and I it wasn't what I expected which is not a bad thing it was just there's so much going on <laughs> And like it's very interesting. And I, yeah, there's it's was it's been super interesting to hear different people's takes on like mm-hmm. every little detail has meaning and every little character, to, like every and I don't disagree at all. I think I just it's almost so overwhelming that it almost takes away from the enjoyment of it for me, because it feels like it's just kind of just so much. So it's actually it's actually my least favorite of his films so far, but that's I mean that's not saying. I mean he's made some incredible films. It's not a bad film. I definitely enjoyed it, Um, but I feel like I need to watch it again. Um, Way to be a doubter, Rachel. (laughs) I'm not a (laughs) doubter. I'm just saying it's yeah, it is beautiful. I and what I do love about Jordan Peele is I think we need more filmmakers like him who bring their own crews, give people opportunities. Like he is somebody who's changing. Hollywood and changing big studio films and I find that just incredibly exciting and um, powerful in the way that he's um, able to do that like that it takes somebody like him to actually make changes in the industry and um, everybody with him is hired with thought and you know his entire crew and cast is very diverse um, in every manner of speaking and I just love him Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll end on that.
2: (laughs) I don't really have more to add. So yeah, let's go ahead and just end on that. I guess, I mean, I, I think that this was a terrific movie. Uh, it's one that uh, like I had to, again, sort of live with and digest a little bit and, you know, no pun intended, (laughs) you know, based on (laughs) what the movie's about, but, um, you know, I, uh, uh, yeah, it's one that I definitely need to revisit, uh, And that's one of the things. Sometimes I go into a Jordan Peele movie thinking to myself, "Okay, what am I supposed to be learning from this?" Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and and where I should be just going in and just letting the movie happen to me. You know, sometimes, Mm. and and that's that's I think my one sort of like you were saying, it it can sort of sometimes take away from just enjoying the movie because you're thinking about what am I supposed to get out of it. When you go in sometimes, Um, which, you know, it, it, that is what it is. And that's not a fault of the film. That's a more of a fault of me, I think, um, as I approach them, but I I love all of Jordan Peele's movies. Uh, So you just need to revisit all of them, frankly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Rachel. Okay. So my number four is a film called Missing. That I saw um, at Fantasia this year, and it actually just got an actual physical release and is available on VOD uh, in November. So, this is actually out there. Um, it is a Japanese and South Korean co production, and okay. it is, is this one was, you know, I, I watched it, but I didn't know anything about it and I went in, and it is so good. It's a thriller. Uh, But definitely horror. It's about like this father and daughter. Um, The mom has passed away and they're struggling. The dad is struggling to take care of his daughter. And there's a serial killer on the loose and they've posted a reward offering a ton of money. If anybody has information on the serial killer and the dad happens to run into the serial killer. Um, I can't remember where, like on a subway or something. And so he decides if I can find him and find this information, I can get this money. And it starts there, but where it goes is so wild and unexpected and devastating and heartbreaking and terrifying. And I just loved it. It's executed so well and takes a lot of I think expect like the expectations that it builds, like that you I think anybody that's seen a lot of thrillers and stuff would kind of be like, oh, okay, so this is how it's going. And then it just subverts them all. And it's great. And the actors are great. And um, yeah, big surprise for me. But it's a, a great movie. So I highly recommend that anybody seek this out if you see it.
0: This one's on my watch list, yeah. but I have not seen it yet. So I'm excited. Yeah.
3: Same. Now I'm it's... more excited to check this out over the break.
0: I would be. I mean,
1: Mike... This would, this would be like a psychoanalysis. I, w- I don't know. I'd be very excited to hear what um, any of you think about this. Because there's some very heartbreaking and heartwarming elements to this movie that are,
0: I don't know. There's a lot there. <laughs> Brian.
2: Okay. So my number four is the most fun I had in a theater all year. Uh, and that is uh, Violent Night. Is it a horror movie? It's got a lot of blood. It's got a lot of smashing with sledgehammers. It's It's got stab... It's got horror stuff going on. So I'm going to call it a horror movie. Um, it's basically... What if... What if John McClane was Santa Claus and teamed up with the kid from Home Alone and just kicked a bunch of ass? Um, it's... I, I, I swear I don't think I I, mean, I was in I saw this in a theater that was pretty full and everyone in the theater just got it they were laughing at from front to back through this whole thing uh, is it scary it's not scary but it's definitely got sort of a uh, okay so it's you know terrorists invade a home and um, Santa, the real Santa, happens to who's become disillusioned with the way Christmas is going, um, happens to land at the house, and um, he reaches to his his past and um, finds his Christmas spirit and uh, <laughs> kills a bunch of terrorists. I mean, it's just. <laughs> I don't know what the else. The reason to say about for the season. It is, but I mean, it's kind of satirical. It's it's funny. It's action. Um, it's gore it's humor it's what would really happen in a home alone scenario with those booby traps Mm. what would that actually look like Mm -hmm. on people um Mm -hmm. but still with a sense of humor and a little bit of (laughs) wink to it uh john leguizamo is terrific as sort of the the lead uh terrorist person david harbour plays santa claus uh and it's just I don't know. It was a ton of fun, and I am not going to apologize for loving this movie. Uh, it was a blast. Nor should it was you. Just a blast. So, anyway, yeah, this is
0: another one I have not seen. But anytime Beefy David Harbor shows up, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm I, I'm going to put this at my number one of the year, even if I haven't seen it yet. So I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i haven't seen it either but just the
1: premise alone like i I don't know i love action movies too so i mean that's i just think that's i think that's great and we i love seeing um holiday movies like this coming out you know because it felt like for a while that we weren't weren't really getting very many you know and i mean this year there's several there's been been like six yeah yeah so it's kind of cool
2: cabinet of curiosities episode uh, yeah,
1: so it's it's kind of yeah. cool to see like some big budget, silly holiday movies. So I love that.
3: Haven't seen it, but I want to. So I pr- agree that this looks right up my alley. It just looks like a lot of fun.
2: I mean, it probably sends some mixed messages. I see a lot of that popping up, but I'm like, oh, lighten up. It's fun. (laughs) It's (laughs) fun as hell. Just enjoy yourself, for goodness sake. Uh, And it's kind of a (laughs) one-joke movie. It's kind of a one-joke movie, but I don't know. I, I just had a blast.
0: All right. Moving on with Mike.
3: Sure, and I'm just checking here. So yeah, I have Scream as my number four movie of the year and i think jess you have this on your list as well i do not actually oh rachel i'm sorry rachel does so we'll kind of go here i this gave me everything i wanted in the requel um it does a wonderful job of passing the baton from the old cast to the new like i am and i said this before this movie came out if the opening of this movie was like <sighs> Nev campbell answering her phone, like ghost faces back. And she went, Oh, that's cool. I'm just going to drink some wine and hang with my kids. You guys, (laughs) you you got this. That would, and I hope I would love if that was the beginning of this movie. Like she's just like, peace out. You got this. Because I don't necessarily want the old cast back at this point. I think it's a really, they did a great job of handing the baton baton off. Like Mm -hmm. Jenny Ortega is amazing in this movie. Um, I'm just really bummed that Jack Quaid is dead because mm-hmm. he was so delightful in this movie mm-hmm. like his delivery of like oh shit it's ghost faced is one of the best things <laughs> oh, about yeah. this year um uh, it uh mikey madison is just doing a great job between this and once upon a time in hollywood she just mm-hmm. plays like these delightfully unhinged characters um I think radio Silence did as as good of a job as you possibly could Mm. paying tribute to Wes Craven. Uh, I want to know if you, in the beginning of the movie when Jenny Ortega is taking that phone call and talking to the gentleman, I think that that dude sounds like Wes Craven. And I thought that was very deliberate. Like you listen to the pitch of the voice, the tone, the mannerisms. I like thought like, this is a very deliberate nod to Craven. Uh, Brian, I would challenge you to go back and listen to that. I'm going to have to do that. And see if you agree or disagree. The kills are great. Like, it's a pretty gory movie. Mm -hmm. Scream is my favorite franchise. There's no bad Scream movie. Um, I remember when I first watched 4, I thought it was so-so. Like, it was good, but I didn't need it. Uh, And I came around, like, later on to really love it. I fucking love this movie from Jump Street. Like, I saw it three times within the first 10 days. It was out. Had such a good time with it in the theater. Um, This setup with Hicks, like, you know, like, A, you get the reverse male gaze, the reverse uh, psycho shower sequence. And then you have him wandering the house. And... Just how it sets up like the jump scares and then doesn't pay it off and doesn't pay it off. And by the third time, you're like, OK, I get it. And you can't help but laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and it even made like Officer Judy like really memorable. And, you know, it made her death like I didn't want her to. T- and it was so sad because, you know, what's on the other side of that door? And you're like, oh, this is fucking awful. So, I'm all on board for Scream 6. uh, Ghostface Takes Manhattan. Uh, Yeah. From the first teaser, it doesn't look like they're on a boat. So, I'm really. really, I I, I kind (laughs) of wish they did that. If they just did a (laughs) boat, if if it starts (laughs) with them on a boat as a giant FU, uh, I would laugh my ass off. So, I am all on board for more Scream. Uh, Give me more of it.
1: Yeah. I loved this. I thought that. I mean, the is mean in this, like the way they film him sometimes. I mean, poor Dewey, like that whole kill sequence, I thought is just like, oh, like it's like gut wrenching. Yeah. And I was crying yeah. in the theater, but also just like, oh, God, like, I'm so glad they didn't pull any punches with that. Yeah. When Oh, my God. When he like, says like, it's an honor or, or no, that's in the trailer or something. Honor. But I I don't know. <laughs> just that whole scene is so good and it's great to see them embrace that same uh, self-awareness that is so inherent in so many of the other um, Scream movies and like you said, those jump scares that don't pay off, that like sense of humor. I mean, these are filmmakers that know this franchise and love this franchise and understand this franchise and understand what this franchise was doing. So it's just, it's so wonderful to see And I'm, yeah, I'm very excited to see where it goes. I agree. Like, I don't, I don't really need any of these other people. Like, they're great. I wish that, you know, Nev Campbell got what you know, the money she deserved. But if she's not there, that's okay. It'll be all right. And this franchise will survive. Um, I kind of want, I'm, oh my gosh, if they do like a Warriors thing where this team has to like get from you know the like the Bronx to Coney Island and there's like a gang of ghosts face like oh after them like uh, mm. I would
4: die. Oh, that, would cool.
3: yeah. that would be amazing, amazing. Um I love really it. quick really really quick I just want to say Jasmine Savoy Brown between Yellow Jackets and this yes. like mm-hmm. I love Randy I'm a Randy apologist I'm not one of those like Randy is toxic actually it's like no he's not shut up She's better than Randy, mm-hmm. and it's really hard for me to say that, but she's so good in this role. Like, I love the energy she brings. I love like what she's adding. I can't wait to hear, you know, that like Mindy is going to have to meet um, Kirby, right? In the next movie, like but Kirby's in to be, it, right? Yeah, they. Oh, have they. To oh, they have, to they, yeah, have yes. to they have to meet. Yeah. They have to meet. They have to be. they have to be like gay besties. You know that has to happen in the next movie, or else I will burn everything to the. Oh my crime. God, what if
0: they're
1: dating? What if that's her new girlfriend? What if
3: Kirby is the killer?
1: Oh, I can't. Okay, yeah, we could talk about this a long time. <laughs> right,
0: <laughs> welcome to Scream Talk.
3: We will be covering that next year, as soon as it comes out. We'll be adding to. Yes, we'll be covering that right away. Mm
2: -hmm. I liked it too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else to say about it. You know, Scream. If you didn't see Scream and you're listening to this, then what are you even doing? (laughs) Um, Yeah, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, we had I had a good time with it. Uh, It's it wasn't one of my favorites. Um, I. Will certainly be revisiting it. I mean, I revisit the Scream movies often for various reasons, obviously. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I will be uh, definitely. Uh, this is this is this was probably my th- uh, third favorite Scream movie, which is pretty good. I mean, because uh, my f- two favorite are the first and the fourth. So, um, so that's that's pretty high praise considering Scream two and Scream three are good movies too so mm-hmm. anyway
0: yeah i i had to revisit this one recently i saw it uh i didn't see it in theaters i got spoiled on it by twitter um oh, bummer still bitter about it uh yeah. but i didn't care for it the first time um but when i revisited it i liked it so much more and i appreciated mm-hmm. it so much more i i thought it was a lot smarter the second time around and i appreciated what it was doing more um and I'm I'm with you. Mindy is everything to me. Jasmine Savoy Brown. Like I'm a Yellow Jackets obsessive. So I absolutely adore her. Um, but so I would be interested, Brian, to see what you think on a rewatch because I, yeah. it went way up in my estimation on a rewatch.
2: Yeah. And I'll ha- definitely have to do that because, you know, having seeing it once, you know, a lot of the anticipation was going mm-hmm. coursing through our veins. I think <laughs> we were seeing it. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I, that's a, that's all for Scream Talk, folks. Moving on to our number three choices. Uh, my number three choice is Mad God, uh, which Brian already talked about a tiny bit. Phil Tippett's magnum opus, Decades in the Making. I, I don't know that I like this movie as much as I appreciate it, but I appreciate it so much that I had to put it on my list because it is such yeah. a phenomenal achievement. It is like nothing I've ever seen before. It is disgusting and hard to sit through and weirdly beautiful and it's just i've never seen anything like it i i've never experienced anything like it so i just i had to put it on my list even if only for that reason but just the technical achievement what he does with this movie with the animation with the sound design with everything and again i could tell you exactly what happens but i will tell you that you have to see this movie
2: yeah, I. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about it too. It's just, I mean, I love stop motion, and there's something about what's going on with this one that is just unlike anything. Because I, I like I saw Pinocchio and in the theater, which is a terrific movie, but I, 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 I don't know for some reason it didn't, you know, hit me like I hoped it might whereas this one hit me in ways i didn't expect uh it it was and you know even just watching it at home you know i didn't have a chance to see it in a theater but it was it's it's jarring and it's bizarre and it's uh it's mostly silent you know i mean it's 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 well obviously there's score and there's there's sound effects but it's just it's not dialogue. It's not that kind of a movie, It, it but um, just the kinds of um, uh, imaginative things or the kinds of things you think of with someone like David Lynch or Cronenberg or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where it's there's a lot of sort of feelings like the body, something about the body is happening. And um, it's, it's sort of futility and just, just this idea of them Going down and down and down farther and farther into the subterranean pit of who knows where, um, you know, what they discover there. It's just I don't know. There's nothing like this movie. And I think that is and that's kind of what makes it impossible to talk about <laughs> in a way. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you just kind of have to experience yeah. it. I mean,
3: Phil Tippett has worked on Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park robocop to just name a few Mm -hmm. i've only seen snippets of this movie he brought it like a completed segment to the very first telluride horror show i hosted back in 2013 he and like frank Lauder were our featured guests Mm -hmm. and he it's talked about how long it took him to just do like a 15 minute segment a decade ago what a labor of love this is Mm -hmm. and to bring it to fruition and there are zero compromises with the finished product Mm -hmm. so i i wanted to squeeze this in and i feel like if i did it probably would have made my top 10 list but i just couldn't get to it in time but i think again it's a shutter movie everybody Mm -hmm. needs to really see this movie and experience it and again it probably is one of those movies that's going to make me wish i did mushrooms (laughs) oh totally right for sure yeah absolutely um So what a legend. And I just like one of the cool little experiences of my life. I just remember eating breakfast with him. And I'm like, I am eating breakfast with the guy that made the dinosaurs and and some of the cantina scene and the chess scene. I'm like, it doesn't get
2: much better. It's a little moment, but what a cool moment. So yeah, Phil Tippett is one of my sort of heroes. When I was in my younger days, I really wanted to be a special effects artist, And I wanted to be one of the people that like built the models and blew them up. Um, that that was what I wanted to do. Uh, and Phil Tippett was, you know, one of those guys. And I was like, he, he did that. He made that stuff happen, you know, and his design work is incredible. I mean, it's things like the Tauntaun and the Empire Strikes Back, you know, you can see where oh some God. of that ended up, you know, in other places too. So anyway,
1: I haven't seen it yet, but I got it. Cause yeah, he's, you know, when people talk about movie magic, he is one of the people, he's one of the magicians. So it's incredible Absolutely. that he actually, cause I, I remember hearing of that, about him working on this, you know, like, I don't know, years and years ago and something. Um, and so it's just so cool to see that he completed it. And um, I mean, that's inspiring. Should probably, uh, get back to writing that thing or you know <laughs> reading because <laughs> you know, yeah anyways it's just really cool to see that he actually finished it and it got out and got released
0: yeah all right rachel your choice oh well, yeah actually okay the same choice here.
1: yes yeah actually. all right let's do it brian one two three the, the menu, menu. <laughs> <laughs> um this film is so fun i yeah. like i i The trailer gives away some things, but don't let that deter you. Uh, That's all I'm going to say, because even going in, like knowing the little few things that the trailer seems to give away. I just this movie was so funny. I wasn't expecting it to be so funny and just like cynical and smart and the performances are so good. And I just had such a blast with it. Um yeah, I don't know. It could have gone so wrong, but it just mm-hmm. was so right and so fun and ridiculous. And I loved it. So
2: I was kind of expecting it to be a sort of most dangerous game story in reverse. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not what it is, really at all. I and, mm-hmm. and it was so the trailer actually kind of threw me off from mm. yeah. from of the scent of what this was gonna be. And it's just so satirical. I mean, it's one of the most biting satires <laughs> uh, and so smart of a satire. And, you know, I love that kind of thing. And boy, when I left the theater, the, I wanted a cheeseburger. Like you couldn't believe <laughs> I mean, this has the greatest one of some of the greatest cheeseburger porn in any movie. Oh. Ever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's something. I'm not going to say why. <laughs> yeah, but what what is
0: that expression if you scratch a cynic you'll find a romantic? Like it's so mm. satirical and it's so sharp and so funny, but there's this really heartbroken core about yes. about being an artist and what it's like to mm-hmm. try to to try to be the art, best artist you can be and also how horrible it is to have to make a living with your art yeah. and it's just there's yeah. so much going on for artists for whether you're a chef or a writer or a dancer or whatever if you're pursuing some art form there was so much to dig into and i i've yeah. tried my best to avoid food puns with this movie but sometimes it's hard there's so much to dig into and to digest with this movie uh, with regard to just trying to make it as an artist and that it yeah. it, it was well, really succeeding yeah
1: yeah exactly And like succeeding as an artist and then like what that does to you. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the futility of success and just the horrible yeah. irony when you get to the end and you're like what next and what do i do with this and like i it was a really heartbreaking movie to me even though it's really funny yeah. and sharp and satirical yeah
3: yeah i haven't seen it yet I yeah, think you'll like it. Your dark, black sense of humor. I know that I'll like it. Yeah. I have to like either shit or get off the pot. Not right now when it comes <laughs> to my AMC, my AMC pass because I just like yeah. priced it out and like a y- couple years ago, like I doubled my value of it, and this year I broke even. Uh, mm-hmm. I just haven't had a chance to go out as much to movies mm-hmm. like a year
2: ago. Um, and i do want to see that in theaters yeah it's definitely worth it it's so good ray fines um and of course anya taylor joy but <laughs> the, the guy that she goes to the island with oh God. Oh, the man. pretension of that guy i mean i was just sitting there the whole time like i'm wondering how many people watching this don't get the joke with that guy I felt you know? like called
1: out, to be honest, because it's like, <laughs> I don't make films. I don't like compose music. But here yeah. I am like constantly like dissecting it. Right. And so oh. it's kind of just that that funny. Like, you know, oh. so much about this stuff, but yeah. you can't actually. All right. Make a movie. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like,
2: oh, you know? I know. It's between. It's, 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 yeah. It's between some of them. this and the
3: Northman. What a year for Anya Taylor-Joy.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, she's. God
1: uh, she's been having a good few years i don't know uh, yeah she's last night in incredible. soho
2: i loved um yeah. last that was year.
0: this wait
1: was that oh that, that, was, was, last last year. that yeah. was last
2: year yeah so i was like oh my god um yeah. but
0: the whole cast though like some of my favorite character actors like i'm a big janet mcteer fan girl so uh, i was really excited yeah. to see her. i mean judith light john leguizamo hong chow oh, is yeah. amazing you know she's having a good year i hear i heard you know not to get into the whale discourse Whatever else you think about The Whale, I've heard that her performance in it is fantastic. So mm-hmm. just a fantastic ensemble cast that I would like to hear more people talk about, just, mm-hmm. you know, as a huge fan of a lot of those folks.
2: And yeah. I got to say, John Leguizamo is having quite a, you know, holiday season between <laughs> the me- between the menu and Violent Night. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, he's great in both of them. And I love his character in The Menu. He's... Again, just sort idea. of this, uh, it kind of makes you think of, you know, characters in Nope and things like that. You know? <laughs> so it's, 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 it's uh, it's terrific. It's really great stuff ever all around. Yeah. yeah. All right, Mike. So
3: this is a movie that I am so excited. It came out this month because when I started at Telluride Horror, I'm like, if it comes out this year, it's going to be right near the top of my list. It's a movie written and directed by Andy Mitten uh called the harbinger um i have been on with board with mitten since his debut with yellow brick road and i remember seeing that movie at the new york city horror film fest walking out going i don't know what this is but i want more of it um and i just love everything he has done it's a covid movie and it leans very heavily into it like masking social distancing it is about a uh woman who leaves her family her brother and her father they're like socially uh, distancing they're isolating themselves they're doing temperature checks they're having everything delivered they're cleaning everything they're being uber careful and then she gets a text from her best friend from college saying i need you to come to me and she had made a promise that if you ever need me for anything i will go to you and she goes to this tiny little apartment in new york And her friend is experiencing these nightmares that last for days. And she's being hunted by basically the plague demon. Um, I don't get scared at horror movies a lot anymore. I think a lot of us probably don't anymore. I think we get unnerved at things. But this genuinely scared me. It tapped into one of my deepest existential fears in that if this this thing wears you down to the point where it can basically then pull you out of existence... So that not only are you dead and gone, but there is no memory of you. Your family forgets you. Your friends forget you. You're out of every picture. Any work that you have done has been erased from existence. Um, (laughs) I watched this at Telluride Horror. It was like the midnight screening after introducing it and doing the Q&A with Andy. Went back to my hotel room and, and put my head down at the pillow at like one in the morning. At 3.30 in the morning, I woke up from like a horrific nightmare and I don't genuinely dream anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I looked at my phone and I'm like, is it too early to call my wife back oh. home in Massachusetts? Like I was genuinely scared. Um, wow. It's beautifully acted. It says it ends on a moment of hope. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I There's a jump scare at the end that really got me, like really fucking got me. It is incredibly well done. It's beautiful. It's a one of those things that takes advantage of the small cast. And, the, and, the, and if you can stomach an actual COVID movie, um, this is the one to watch. Okay. Um, we're going to be covering it in a lot more detail on psychoanalysis next month. We're actually doing COVID as our topic. Uh, we're going to mm. do that in the host or that in host, which is now ironic oh. because as of this evening, I've tested positive. For the first time after two years and ten months, and Andy is going to be on our show as well. So we got comfort horror of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. So you will be hearing more of him uh, cool. very soon. So I love this movie. Seek it out. It's genuinely frightening. And if you mm-hmm. if you if you disagree with me, if you watch it and hate it, you can punch Brian in the face. <laughs> oh, <thanks. laughs> I'll, I'll make that. I'll make you. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I- I've done that at Tell you Rider. Like, look, look, if, if I'm overselling this movie and you hate it, you can punch Brad the other host as hard as you <laughs> want.
0: <laughs> no, I, I just recently watched this one um, for the first time. I uh, got a screener for review and loved it. It is absolutely my favorite pandemic film that I've seen. Yeah. because mm. it it ties into some really specific, fears and realities of covid especially like early lockdown procedures when when people were still trying to figure out what was going on like
3: what was going
0: sanitizing every single thing you bring into the house and you know things like Mm -hmm. that so there's a lot of there's universality in the specificity which i always appreciate because it it taps into that just universal fear of your own mortality and of being forgotten of the only thing that even proves that you existed is the possessions you leave behind that might end up in a thrift shop, you know, and nobody knows who they belong to. It's just, it's that deep existential terror that I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. So I'm, I'm with Mike. I'm glad you put this one on the list because it's so good.
3: We did our second screen, closed out the festival. We did a repeat screening of it. And like this year, usually tell your eye by the last day people filter out, uh, cause it's a. Lo- it's hard to get to tell Telluride, and there's not a lot of planes that come in and out. Everyone stayed this year; like every screening was packed right to the end of the festival, and we had like standing room only for it. And during the Q and A, I-, I looked up front, and there was like two persons like visibly sobbing because they had lost mm-hmm. people to COVID. Like I had to like stop and just check in mm-hmm. on them to make sure. You know like they were okay because like it's that kind of movie so if oh, you're hey. if you're not down for that yet i totally get it but my god what a fucking treat for horror
2: fans
1: mm-hmm. cool
2: I think you meant, I haven't seen this yet. I think you mentioned it, uh, like, right. Cause we were on, uh, Michelle and I were on to talk about Halloween kills, like right yep. after you got back from Tell Telluride yeah. and you mentioned this movie as being one that scared you yeah. and I thought, and that gave you nightmares and all that. I thought, wow. So it's been on my radar since then. I've been kind of, yep. um, trying to keep an eye out for it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing this one.
1: Yeah. yeah. Same. I haven't seen it, but want to.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, we'll move on to number two, since we're well past the two hour mark, we'll keep on Um, trucking. My number two film is The Outwaters, which I might be cheating a bit because I think it's going to see wide release in 2023. Um, But I caught it as a Mm. festival this year. And it's so good that I just want to put it on people's radars if they haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Um, okay. It is a found footage film, but stay with me, Brian, because I think you'll okay. like it. <laughs> okay, okay.
2: Um, no, I'm I'm open to it.
0: Yeah, it's such a small cast and crew. Like the writer, director, editor, cinematographer, every, Robbie Benfitch did almost. Well, I won't say almost everything because I don't want to um, denigrate the rest of his talented cast and crew. But he did so much on this movie. It's I, I've seen a lot of people describe it as the closest you can get to literally filming a descent into hell. It's the, mm. this camera crew goes out into the desert to film a music video, and they find hell on earth basically. And I, I don't know how to describe it better than that. It is so unforgettable and so disturbing and so well done. It's I I'm going to be screaming from the rooftops about this one when it goes on wide release because I want everybody to watch it. Cool.
3: Yeah, I've never heard of it. it, so oh, I'm yes. looking forward to looking forward to I love me some good found footage too so
0: it's it's incredible it's, some of the shots are just so gorgeous like I, I would have prints of this movie all over my walls if I could
2: oh, fascinating sounds, sounds really interesting to me and not being a huge found footage guy so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yes everybody be on the lookout for it I, I will tweet about it and post about it as soon as I find out where it's going to be and when it's going to be so alright all right, Rachel, your turn. So my number two
1: is Watcher um, from Chloe Acuno, uh, if I'm Hopefully I'm saying that right. But, uh, yeah, starring Micah Monroe. Speaking of um, folks who have had an incredible last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's had a few films come out this year. And I loved this. To me, this was... A different kind of horror because it was just very, you know. I mean, we're like, I'm talking about like Scream or Halloween Ends. You know, that's one type of horror, but this was like very unnerving to me, and really just kind of a masterclass in tension. Um, I think this film is beautiful. The way that you know this, so this woman moves with her husband to I, I can't remember what countries, a foreign country for a job and she starts to think that she's being followed and stalked and that this person um, across the way is watching her and like, nobody's believing her. And so it just kind of spirals from there. She starts falling apart and um, just where it goes, I think is really interesting. Um, So there's, you know, some gaslighting things going on. Typical, it it just harkens back to a different era of filmmaking, I think. Mm -hmm and um but also makes it very feel very modern and i just was so uncomfortable and tense
0: this whole movie and it's beautiful and i just loved it i don't know yeah i'm with you i think there's like a definitely a 70s euro horror vibe to it which i really appreciated but yeah i it's so like it manages to manages to make a large city claustrophobic which is a really hard feat to pull off. And it, you know, turns that culture shock of not knowing the language in the sense of isolation that follows her. And I, you know, like you said, Micah Monroe is fantastic. She's so good in this. Um, I'm a really big fan of this one as well. So I'm glad somebody had it on their list. This would definitely be an honorable mention for me.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's a slow burn. Mm -hmm. Like I, I love a good slow burn, but like a slow burn that is slow for a reason. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. like it actually assists the story it's not just somebody being pretentious and wanting to have a lot of really pretty shots or whatever. Like it, it actually that the pace um, amplifies what the film is trying to do. It earns that slow pace. And when it finally, I don't know when it delivers on everything that it's been building, I feel like it really delivers and um, yeah. Very creepy.
3: Yeah. I watched this on shutter it's definitely an honorable mention just because of Michael Monroe. It is very surprising because it definitely zigs and zags and keeps you on your toes. And it went in directions. I'm like, Oh, it's going to do this. And then it didn't. And I'm like, it's mm-hmm. going to, it's going to steer in a completely different direction where you're like, maybe she actually is not experiencing this. Maybe it is all in her head. And then it doesn't do that, but then things look hopeless and it's, got like we talked earlier about resurrection how i wanted it to have like this triumphant ending this has that it has like a if i remember correctly an all time like great line to end on and you're like yeah this marriage is over like this is there's no coming like you're you can no amount of like roses uh um, or dinners out or foot rubs is ever going to bring this marriage back together like if um if I was their couples therapist, I would be like, "Yeah, you need to get a divorce, Lord, lawyer, honey. Like he ain't Sorry. coming back from this."
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I haven't seen this one yet, so uh, obviously I need to. So I'll, I'll be sure to to give it a watch on Shutter. Yeah, I think if you really liked Red Eye from Wes Craven, uh, very it much has
3: yeah. that kind of like cat and mouse vibe to it. Nice. Mm, mm -hmm. So I think you might really enjoy it.
2: Okay. Cool. Cool. All
3: right.
0: Sounds great. Okay. Brian and Mike, you had the same choice here.
3: One.
2: This happened to me three times now. (laughs) I know.
3: (laughs) Three, two, one. Barbarian. Barbarian. (sighs) Yeah. Came an eyelash for being my number one, but we'll hold off for a minute.
2: Same with me. Yeah.
0: All right. Dun, 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 dun. We are at our number one picks now. Um, and I will go with you won't be alone. This is one I caught at Sundance and this is my favorite movie of the year. It is probably going to be on my top 10 list for the decade. I'm just going to say that right now. Wow. I, it absolutely blew me away. It's a first time feature from writer director Goran mm. Stalewski and um, who I got the chance to interview. I got the chance to interview him and his editor, Luca Capelli, who does amazing work on this film too. And they were both so, you know, warm and nice and had amazing things to say about the film. But it's about a girl in Macedonia who, um, she is placed in isolation by her mother to avoid a witch's curse. But the witch finds her. Cool. Yeah. But the witch finds Witchy. her. Yes. Oh. And she um kind of shapeshifts. She becomes different people. And it's about learning what it's like to be human. Because she was, mm-hmm. you know, removed from humanity for the first 16 years of her life. She doesn't know what it's what it means to be a person. So she starts shape-shifting into these different people and living these different lives. And she learns what humanity is all about what it means to be a person what it means to be a man what it means to be a woman what it means to be a child what it means to be a mother and it is just i'm getting overcome right now just talking about it it is so gorgeous and the the dialogue is so poetic like she doesn't grow up uh conversing with people so she doesn't have a uh she's not fluent in language but the way Mm. that she talks like she says you know Whisper Mama and Witch Mama. Like, Whisper Mama is her biological mother mm. who would only speak to her in whispers because she didn't want to alert the witch to her whereabouts. And Witch Mama mm. is the witch who takes her from her mother and raises her in the witchy ways. You know, like, just it's the script is poetry, the editing is poetry, the movie is poetry. It's one of the most gorgeous films I've seen. And Yeah, like I'm very confident in saying it's gonna be on my top 10 list for the decade. It is phenomenal. Wow. We should probably see it
3: Yes. (laughs) We should all watch this. Yes. Yes. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So cool. Oh, it's so good. Well, I mean, this is a little bit different. (laughs) (laughs) But my number one pick was Barbarian surprise. Yay, we can talk about it now. Um wow, I don't know how this film managed to keep its secrets so close. <laughs> no. And it's like, I, it's so funny. It's like, I, okay, I'd seen the trailer. I don't know what movie it played before scream. Maybe. And then I just went and saw the movie because I had heard people talking about it. And I was like, I got to go see it before it gets spoiled. And I'm sitting there and it's like going along. And I was like, oh, shit, it's that movie with guard Like, I completely forgot about the trailer. I completely forgot. I didn't like, I don't know. I didn't know what I was going in for. Um. So that was like, you know, the first like, holy shit moment. And then it just kept delivering them. They just kept coming. This movie was so fun. And I am mm-hmm. just, I just love a good fun movie that is so clever and ridiculous. And I'm just so impressed that they kept Justin
0: Long a secret because as soon as that happened, I was like, hey, yes. "What's going on?" I almost shot straight up out of my seat in the theater. But I felt like an electric shot, like The Tingler, like a William Castle movie. I just like jumped yeah. up, like, "What is happening?" Talk,
2: talk about pulling the rug out from <sighs> under you, because it's just yeah. like what's happening now? Did did they like, (laughs) I mean, they don't, they like flip the reel when they're wrong or something, you know? Yeah. It it was just, uh, it was shocking. And then I have never seen a funnier scene that involved measuring in my life. Oh my God. I mean, that's one of the most hilarious things. And I, I feel like like half of the movies I've picked here have been horror comedies. I I, I just keep saying this movie is so funny. This movie is so funny. Uh, Yeah, this movie is so funny. I mean, (laughs) and it's so genuinely frightening. I knew nothing, nothing about this going in Mm -hmm. at all. Um, It just was like, I think I might've seen a tweet from Mike or someone that said, don't watch a trailer, just go see Barbarian. Mm
1: -hmm. You'll
2: like it. And it's like, okay, and, and so that's what I did. And, and you did. <laughs> I was glad that I did because uh, for a long time until just the very last minute here, it was my favorite of the year by far. And so, Same. yeah, there was just no question about it. But, um, yeah, it's terrific. Um, unexpected. And it's a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once again, uh, which is just bizarre to say that, like, what, three of these? Barbarian prey. uh, I want to see. We're living in weird
3: times. (laughs) I want to see, like, the creature from Barbarian, like, take on, like, enchanted next. Like, it just shows up and starts ripping Amy Adams' arms off.
2: And, you know, the mother, what a, what a just sort of inspired thing that is. And I'm not going to say anything more about that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, It's rare that horror movies surprise us right i mean we usually can see where a movie is gonna go (laughs) and there's like so many moments during this where i had genuinely no idea and i found myself just laughing in the theater so hard i took my daughter to like the thursday night preview the day before it opened like let's just go it's the first week of school we don't have a lot going on yet and it was such a good choice i just laughed so hard i probably annoyed people around me but that moment at the end when you get like the superman dive <laughs> oh, i don't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i think that is probably the funniest moment since the end of saint mod to me in terms of just <laughs> hilarious um i love how it plays against type like it basically gives you scars guard and justin long it says like you know what to expect from these characters just based on like the casting and then it like mm-hmm. pulls the rug out from under you mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. there may not be a better transition from the f- end of the first act basement scene <laughs> to justin long <laughs> dry which is like dank and dark and pitch black to like you're on and it's so claustrophobic to you're on like the west coast with justin long like singing along to ricky tacky ticky by right. donovan <laughs> like When I watched this with my wife, she turned to me and was like, "Does this have anything to do with what we just watched?" And I'm like, "Just watch the movie. Just you know, let it wash over you." Um, The measuring scene is great. The his first instinct when he like sees when Justin Long's character see it, it plays into like it's very smart because it plays into the fears. That men and women have, like how women experience fear differently.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
3: you have our our lead, when Georgina Campbell's character like stumbles upon this room that is like a mattress, a camera, and a shit bucket, and there right. is blood on the wall. She's like, "We got to get out of here." And mm-hmm. scars sees it and is like, "Oh, I wonder what other treasures this <laughs> home." hold so just, wonders justin, delights are in store. Right? you know and, ju- and like oh, justin lugg's character is like can i use this to like add square footage to the <laughs> right. real estate so it really taps into like like we used to with my old site we used to be the east coast premiere of the Ethereum film festival mm-hmm. which are movies that are all like written and directed by women or uh women identifying persons And what was fascinating to me is like how you saw these films that were genuinely scary, but they're things that I don't have to really think about in day-to-day life. And it just gives you a different perspective. And it does it here in a way that's not cloying or hitting you over the head with a message. It's genuinely funny. Yeah. You know, and I thought, like, are they going to redeem Justin Log? And then he like <laughs> hangs up on his mother and drops an f, you know, an f oh, slur. And you're like, nope, this guy can go. What a, you know, yeah. It's just got, keeps, love this movie. Keeps just, jerking you
2: around with him yeah. so much. I love that. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's been kind of that.
3: It's like you can't escape, but I can. Oh, just oh, everything man. about it is so
2: perfect. Mm-hmm. It's just it so good. Yep.
1: Yeah.
4: All right,
2: Brian. Okay, so this is the one that I just saw last weekend and I'd been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. I was like, ah, do I really feel like seeing this movie? (laughs) Uh, Well, apparently I did. Uh, I I saw, (laughs) so it's um, Luca, I don't don't know how to say his last name. Guadagnino? Guadagnino, something like that. Guadagnino? Uh, Sure. Uh, Bones and all. I was so surprised by this movie. I did not expect this to be something I would be particularly interested in. Um, Timothy Chalamet's uh, charms have heretofore been lost on me, but I thought he was terrific in this. Um, As Lee, I thought Mark Rylance was bizarre and frightening and uh but above all taylor russell as as marin is is i mean as she had before this been in the escape room movies uh and i thought
1: she i've always i thought she was i love that character i have thought about her for years i'm always like these movies don't get enough credit because of her and i'm thrilled to see her in something on this big of a scale because Mm -hmm. i
2: think i have always been like this girl is amazing. She <laughs> is. She truly is. And to and to see her, I mean, and one of one of my things with not just horror movies, but with movies in general, it seems over the past few years, um, is is they feel so confined. It feels like so often they're just in a couple of rooms, or they're in you know, even something like like Glass Onion is really a one location movie. I mean, and, yeah, and I love that movie, but. Um, But this is a sprawling movie. It takes place outdoors. It's like, you know, Terrence Malick's Badlands. It it felt a lot like that. You know, you had these two people traveling across the country, Hmm.
3: um,
2: running into people and eating them. Uh, You know, (laughs) that's not a spoiler uh, because it's given away right at the beginning that um, she, she... she's been sort of sheltered her whole life, never allowed to go out. Um, And she sneaks out to go to the sleepover and she's talking with a friend and who shows her her nail polish and she literally bites her finger off. Um, And she doesn't know why she's just completely compelled to do this. And I mean, this could be, uh, I mean, the, the, cannibalism element it could mean so many things it could it can be um read in so many different ways and i Mm -hmm. love that about this i mean i i was thinking about you know this is this is sort of horror not based so much on trauma like we've seen a lot of trauma horror this is more back you know i think in a movies like cat people or even frankenstein Mm -hmm. it's it's the horror of the outcast the horror Mm -hmm. of the outsider and um, and these two sort of lost souls that find each other. And it's just kind of this, I mean, I think the about the only thing that makes it a horror movie is the fact that they eat people. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but it, it's, it's so much of it is just this uh, deeply felt love story. And uh, I just was completely taken by it. Um, So moved by it. Um, Another great uh, monologue is uh, Timothy, Timothy Chalamet um, talking about what really happened with his father. And it's just like, it's, it's gut wrenching and it is Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just a terrific movie that really caught me by surprise. Um, because I haven't it, it,
1: seen it, it yet. Not, I
4: want to yeah.
0: see it so I'm hard. actually watching no. it after this recording, so I'm really excited okay. to check it out.
3: Yeah. Okay. I agree with everything you said, Brian, especially like this is Guadagnino doing Guadagnino doing Badlands, just doing Malik. Yeah. Uh, and I love the scale and scope of this movie and the expansiveness of this movie. It's just beautiful to look at. Yes. It's very much like you said, like barely a horror movie. Yeah. Um, it's more of a romance. It's more of a coming-of-age story. I really enjoyed I took my daughter to see it a couple weeks ago at the theater right around the street from us. I think my favorite thing about the experience, we were the only people in the theater until about five minutes in, these like three girls who go to high the high school walked in expecting a much different movie. Oh, okay. And peaced out in the most loud possible way 20 minutes in we're like shocked that just tickled me so (laughs) much
2: though though, I mean I uh, yeah I can see that for sure (laughs) well it's like okay my experience I gotta throw this in my experience was seeing Smile as I didn't really care for the movie but I gotta say speaking of laughing in movies and it was a full theater and uh, there were people there who were not expecting getting what they were expecting. Yep. The part where, where the kid pulls the dead cat out of the box, uh. I started laughing so yep. loud <laughs> that people must've thought I was a psycho. but, um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Real quick on this one as well. I think there's some some genuinely scary things uh, concerning Mark Rylance's character. Uh, I, I, it's it's concerning. I mean, it's, he's he's so disturbing, and he's just so damn good in in everything. Um, and there's also a, a scene that really got me is a scene where she visits her mother, and I'm not going to say more than that.
3: Oh yeah, but
2: it it was just like. It it was just devastating uh, that whole mm. sequence, and it and it there's an element of it that it genuinely frightened me. Um, but it was uh, yeah. So I I think for as for I, I was really when I when I was I went and saw the Fablemans and I went and saw uh, Pinocchio and I was like please please just something emotionally gut me and those movies yeah. didn't and I was really disappointed by that this movie emotionally gutted me and it was like gave me that and um yeah maybe it's a barely a horror movie but i think uh it counts uh you know because there is the the fantasy and the uh, element of this this um And you know, this, the, yeah, the the element of the cannibalism, which is not really cannibalism, it's something yeah. different. It's 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 is interesting. So it's this is another
3: cool. movie, probably about a half dozen of our movies on the list. This list at least explore toxic masculinity. Yeah, hmm. in some really oh, yeah. interesting ways. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely, uh, and and also um, explores. Um, um, the antithesis of that, with a positive masculinity as well, I think. And so, um, there's there's uh, there's there's a few characters that yeah. that fall into that category. I mean, listening to the tapes of her father, uh, the way this movie's paced, it's long, but it's paced. And it it just, you know, I, I never felt bored or like it was lagging at all um, throughout the whole runtime. So I was quite surprised by it. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, enough of that. All right,
0: Mike, you got the last one.
3: All right. I think a couple of us had this I think Rachel, you had this on your list as well. Uh, and Jessica, you have it on your list as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of chat here. I'll me, be then? brief because the NyQuil is kicking in <laughs> a little bit. And I may just collapse onto my desk. Uh, my last pick is Ty West X. And I think I knew when I saw this movie, it was going to be like right at the top of my list. I love this movie. And the accurate but reductive take is to say, this is like Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because in a lot of ways it is that. And like, look, if you're going to like smush two amazing movies together, you can do much worse than <laughs> that. yeah. yeah. Um, I love like i think horror movies i think movies in general like when you look at the marvel movies there's not even a whiff of sexuality in those movies Mm -hmm. like you might as well everybody might as well be eunuchs in that movie like there is just nothing going on in those and i think movies in general there's just not a lot of fucking anymore in movies and i think like as a society we've agreed that like sex is just something we're going to say yeah we do it but we're going to like never talk about it uh we don't do that around around company it's not polite and this movie is not afraid to get hot and sweaty and feral at times but it's not gratuitous like the sex as a polite. and i think like for the two villains of this movie they're not punishing the teens or the, the, they're not punishing this troop because they're having sex uh, and that needs to be punished. Right. They are lashing out at this troop because they're no longer young. They're no longer able to express themselves physically like they want to. And there's a jealousy that goes along with that. Uh, but the kind of like love scene that like, uh, and I did not know this was Mia Goth in makeup until the credits. Like when she is Pearl in her old age of this movie and her and Howard have that lovemaking scene. Like there's something kind of beautiful about that because it's like this older couple that still loves one another. Very, and he's like, oh, my heart. And she's like, we'll be okay. Like we'll be gentle. And that's actually really warm. Mm-hmm. And
1: you don't see that very often. No, I mean, no like, older really people like showing no. affection and getting down. Like you don't right. see that. Yeah. And if you I do, it's played me. for laughs. But it's not here. <laughs> right. Mm. No,
3: right. I hope that's me. You know, as I get older, um and I think like it's a very sex-positive movie. It's not mm-hmm. titillating. It has like a lot of great things to say about like sex work and the nature of that business. Mm-hmm. Um, but it never forgets to be a horror movie. Right. Mm-hmm. There are some like genuinely disturbing deaths. The acting is out of this world. Mm-hmm. It again has a moment that's like a really, just like in House of the Devil, there's a really shocking death in this movie. And it plays out in here in perfect fashion. Uh, the movie looks like a million bucks. Like, it looks gorgeous. I think Ty West is one of the best just sets up amazing shots. He's obviously he is obviously uh paying like a loving tribute to Toby Hooper mm-hmm. with a lot of what goes on in this movie and a lot of movies aspire to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre this club's the closest and I really love it. I mm-hmm. think I might actually go rewatch it again after we hang up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I revisited this one a few days ago and I loved it in the theater. And I think I loved it even more this time around. I in the X versus Pearl conversation. I definitely come down as preferring X. Um, I think it's, I, I think it's a little richer and I, I really connected with this idea that, you know, I'm with you completely, Mike, that it's not, it's not punishing these people for having sex. This is a movie about the danger of suppressing your own desire. You know, Mm -hmm. if you ignore your desire, pretend it's not there, ignore your own wants and needs. That is where the danger comes from. It's this puritanical streak in American culture that is
4: Mm
0: -hmm. rotting our brains. That is, you know, destroying us. If we acknowledge and respect desires that a lot of people have, and treat them in a healthy way so many so much violence could be avoided so many societal ills quote unquote could be avoided you know i'm really fascinated with that idea the the preacher coming in it's so brilliant the ending you know Mm -hmm. praise the fucking lord i'm just (laughs) i'm just obsessed with it but yeah i just this idea of repressed desire being the real villain i just that's Again, that's something that kind of hits close to home and something that I really like seeing explored in horror.
1: I think the only thing I have to add, because I agree with everything you guys are saying, something that I like more about this than Pearl is just the ensemble cast that we get with this. A lot of really strong characters. Pearl, it's like, that's Mia Goss movie. Like the characters, you know, the other characters are good. They're great. The, character, the other characters here, the rest of the cast, is incredible. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So this has a really strong ensemble cast and some like iconic performances from some of these actors. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I loved it.
2: Yeah, I did too. And, you know, it, it was just kind of amazing seeing this on a massive screen with... Uh, you know, very uncomfortable teenagers (laughs) sitting a couple of seats in front of me during that sex scene. I was just like, (laughs) I'm I'm a bit sadistic uh, when it comes to that. But um, it was, uh, it was really, um, really something. I I was not really sure what I was uh, expecting, you know, just kind of heard, you know, the Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw kind of idea. And uh, yeah, that's (laughs) not inaccurate and it's a it's a terrific movie and um i pff, crocodiles freak me out so hey um, <laughs> um so that yeah i mean there's this is this is definitely the the more horror film of the two mm-hmm. this is the one that's you know got the slasher thing going on and it's got mm-hmm. but like you said it's got it's got a lot it got a lot of brains in its head too. And so there's uh, a lot of great stuff going on in this movie. I own it. Uh, happy to own it and I'm excited to watch it again. Uh, I haven't watched it since I saw it in the theater. and um, I, as soon as I finished watching Pearl, I was like, I want to watch X again. Yeah. yeah, you know. I mean, it's just kind of how I, I think these just compel you to want to watch the other one in in a, in a way too i think that's one of the things that's cool about him and you know i'm kind of new to ty west i've seen x and pearl and uh the sacrament but that's it i haven't seen oh. um the innkeepers or um or house of the devil even so yeah i got some catching up to do yep you know that was sort of released in the watch
1: orphan first yes, watch orphan <laughs> yes. First.
2: okay yes i will okay <laughs> so
0: all right that does it. Almost three it. hours later, we have done it.
3: <laughs>
2: Mike, you hung in there. You
0: did yeah, it. Yeah, way to go. Oh,
3: Jessica, thank you for stepping into the big chair today. Oh,
0: I, it was my pleasure. I hope I didn't scare ruddy off, but. All right. So we had four top 10 lists, 29 total movies between the four of us, not including our honorable mentions. And I'm just going to wrap it up because we've been here a while. The listeners have been here a while. Um, i am jessica scott you can find me on twitter at we who walk here and at we walk here.com i collect all my writing and podcast appearances and everything and uh, come say hi to me on twitter at we who walk here rachel where can folks find you
1: yeah i'm on twitter at vinyl girl, g-r-r-r-l or instagram at the vinyl girl yeah come say
0: hi hang out brian how about you
2: uh you can find me at Brian Waves42 on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxed. Excellent. And you can say hi there too. Yeah. And I will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike, what about you?
3: You can find me at Mike Chump Change on Letterboxed and Hive if that ever comes back. <laughs> you can find me at Mike underscore on Twitter, although I probably will be leaving there soon. Uh, and also the same on Instagram.
0: And you can find the pod and the pendulum on Twitter at pod and pendulum. Though if Mike leaves Twitter, pod and pendulum might do the same.
3: We'll probably just promote the show then.
0: Yeah, gotcha. All right. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And Brian, go watch Orphan.
2: Yes. <laughs> go watch Orphan, Brian. Yes, everybody. I promise. It'll I will. be on your 2023 <laughs> best book <laughs> yeah, list. Yeah. Yeah, my discoveries years the late. List.
3: Yeah, thank you, listeners. We really appreciate it. Jessica, thank you so much for hosting tonight. You did a fantastic job.
0: Thank you so much. Go to bed, Mike. <laughs> Go to bed. <laughs> oh.